Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 42 of Points of Penalties. We'd like to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Kevin, Jesse, and Peter. Peter, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah, thanks, Josh. Tonight, I am drinking a Brock Street Brewing Company Scotch Ale. It's a strong beer, 7%. Uh, it's fairly smooth going down. I don't know if I love the taste, but uh, overall, not too bad. Jesse, what are you drinking? I am drinking a beer called Halza. Halza. It's 7% as well, strong beer, Indian Pale Ale, and it's another one from Ami Polo, which is in Toronto. It's got a cool design, and it's so far the IPA tastes pretty good. Kevin, what are you drinking? So we have two now sitting at seven. Well, I'm having myself a uh, New Belgium. Now, what drew me the, to this can was the actual logo on it. It is a Voodoo Ranger. It is an IPA, strong beer, which is also, guys, 7%. Three sevens. Seven, seven, seven. Holy shit. We're going to be winning the jackpot here. We're getting this many sevens. What do we do with a tie for first place? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we should go to the logos. <laughs> That's but, fair. It's good. Um, you know, as the episodes are going and the more of the IPAs that I'm drinking, I, I hate to admit it, though, guys, it is kind of tasty. You hate that, to admit that? Yeah, I do, because, I mean, I'm not a much of an IPA. As Yosh would know, speaking of Yosh, Yoshis, what are you drinking there, sir? You guys remember Corey Bellamore? No. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. He won the beer mile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've taken a page out of his book. This week I got a beer from Flying Monkey Craft Brewery, just like he drank. And so I got the Cryo Hop Cycle Thrill Seekers Double IPA. And uh, you guys might be tied, but you're all tied as bitches. Come on. So I got an 8%er here. 8%, boys. Oh, uh, motherfucker. And uh, this one's really good, actually. I've uh, I've had this once or twice before, before uh, or not on the show, but uh, and now I'm having it again, and it's fucking great. I enjoy it. I've had a little bit of Zoom issues, so I'm almost done this one. But, uh, <laughs> You're here, <laughs> but but we got her. Uh, we got her going. So can't believe I'm the bitch twice in a row. And last week, and a bitch was seven percent. Last dude, week was at like six and a half or something. This week at seven <laughs> percent. This is fucking ridiculous. Well. <laughs> Just kind of find the ones with the, have some, the most alcohol content. Like whiskey and stuff. I'm just through. drinking scotch next week. Just straight <laughs> scotch. <laughs> All right, gents. How was your week? It's pretty solid. It's getting a bit cold outside. Yeah, she's yeah, snowing yeah. here in Stratford. Is it snowing? Yeah, same here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's snowing out here, too. No snow yet in Toronto. Just a cold, rainy day. You know, it comes with snow, though. Ice. ice what's going on on the ice this week Pete? wow i love it well starting off with the big milestone alexander ovechkin uh has passed brett hall on the all-time goal scoring list brett hall was sitting at 741 ovechkin is now at 742 
which gives him sole possession of fourth place all time. Woo. Uh, woo. Next up is Yager at 766. That's, I think, uh, 24 more to pass and 25 to tie. So he's got 12 goals in 14 games so far this year, which I guarantee he's not going to play at that pace for the whole season. That's something crazy, like 70 goals. Or something. Yeah, that's, that's wild that he's at that pace still right now. So he's going to slow down a bit. But uh, 25 more this year is certainly not off the table. Uh, do you boys think he gets there and catches Yager this, this season? 100%. Ooh, 100%. Yep. I think he's uh, he's a man possessed as long as he can stay healthy, which obviously is a huge uh, yeah. a huge what if. But uh, I think he's going to do it this year. And I think, I'm going to say right now, I think he catches Gretzky. Not, obviously not this year, but he does eventually. Gosh, his hot take. He catches Gretzky yeah. this year. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not fucking crazy. <laughs> that's something I would say. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think you're probably right, Josh. I think uh, if he continues playing this way, he's going to catch him probably this year. Yager, that is. Not Gretzky. Um, but yeah, depends on himself. So I, know, I definitely don't think it's 100%. He still have to get like 37 goals on the year, which is not nothing. But uh, he's, be fine. he's certainly on his way with the starting set. I also say he does it. Uh, I say he'll pass Yager. Yeah. Jesse, you want right. to be the fucking lone wolf here and say it's not going to happen? Yeah, I don't I don't want to do that for this just because <laughs> you're just hating on someone. Like You, you don't want to be the Debbie Downer? <laughs> no, not this time. <laughs> Maybe when it's something more fun, then, then I'll, they'll do this. But I, I, I kind of have a feeling too, as well that he's going to do this. And it's pretty impressive what he's done so far. There you go. The whole crew thinks he passes Yager this season. We'll see. Considering the whole the whole catching Gretzky, like back when Ovechkin started, there was no chance. Everybody's like, no, nope, there's no way Gretzky will ever be caught. And this guy has a chance. Yeah. You know, it's it's a uh, it's crazy. It's I love to see it because I love uh I love seeing records being broken while I'm watching the game or or at least while I'm alive and I can watch the replays and stuff and say, hey. I was there for that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I feel yeah. you there. Yeah, and we talked about it before, but the the rookie year that Ovechkin missed because of the lockout, the other lockout that he missed half a season, the COVID-shortened yep. seasons he's had to go through, could have been a whole lot easier for him if for sure. uh, he had not been interrupted so many times. But that's life. See if he can yeah. pass him anyway. Let's move on to uh, to Jack Eichel. So he got the disc replacement surgery that Buffalo would not allow him to have. Uh, something like a week after being traded to the Vegas Golden Knights, he's got his surgery and it was successful. So odds are good that you will see Jack Eichel back on the ice uh, this season. Yeah, he said he felt good right after it, like almost immediately. He said he felt good. And obviously he was happy and whatnot. So that's obviously going to put you in a better mood anyway. Um, just being, you know, for him, he's like finally out of fucking Buffalo. Finally, I don't have to deal with this shit anymore with the surgery. He gets it done. I think there's a huge weight lifted off his shoulders. And when he is healthy enough to play, watch out. I think he's going to have something to prove. And like I said, just watch out. I think that's game. Uh, the first game back against Buffalo is going to be the uh, dagger. Uh, it's going to be nuts. 
Oh yeah, he scores like four goals that night. And the crowd, and it's gonna be a sold out crowd too. Because if you've been uh, seeing wow. the crowd in Buffalo, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a lot of empty <laughs> seats in Buffalo. Yeah, but when Eichel comes back, I think they're gonna get sold out. Maybe, maybe. But that building was maybe a quarter full last night or mm-hmm. when, when they played the Leafs. Yep. Really? Well, I mean, you can go over the border now, so you would think that uh, it would be a little bit more full, but with a Leaf game in town, I mean. You'd think. It was like half Leaf fans and the other half. Empty. Em- well, no, <laughs> the other half was Buffalo fans, I guess, of the crowd that was there and the other half. <laughs> quarter Leaf fans, quarter Buffalo fans, and half empty. <laughs> Anyway. What is his Eichel's ETA of getting back on the ice? Uh, I think it's estimated at three months right now. Yeah, three, three to four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The playoffs, basically. If they make right. the playoffs, right? Well, no, playoffs are still like six months away. Sure. So he might. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. He might actually get some uh, some decent playing time. I mean, limited. I would say limited playing time. I don't. You're not going to put him out there. And, all right. It's, well, it's you get, how your neck holds up. You definitely don't until he's fully recovered because yeah one bad cross check to the neck and buffalo might get a chance to say see <laughs> <laughs> told you so Which, of course and nobody wants even buffalo i don't think and moving on to gm uh the gm of the ducks bob murray resigns uh he's going to enter the alcohol abuse program the decision was made one day after the Ducks placed Murray on administrative leave pending an internal investigation into allegations of improper professional conduct. Now, it's possible that um, those allegations are a result of the ongoing Cal Beach situation, uh, sort of encouraging those affected to come forward with their stories. Um, so it's good if that's the case, and it's the whole situation with Cal Beach is actually having a positive influence. That's good. Uh, but that is speculation, of course. Uh, the two may not be related at all. Um, but hopefully Bob can uh, recover from whatever his issues are with alcohol. And we don't really know what improper conduct he was involved in, but I'm sure it'll come out soon. Yeah. Hopefully the uh, Victims of that weren't too negatively impacted. But in the Cal Beach lawsuit, though, uh, that lawsuit is moving into discovery. Uh, the Hawks and Cal Beach's lawyer, Susan Logans, have been unable to reach a settlement. Uh, the Hawks called Logans' initial financial settlement demand extraordinary. And it's assumed to include the estimated earnings Beach would have made over a successful NHL career, which you could imagine might be upwards around like 50, $60 million starting point, plus pain and hardship and whatever else. And it could be a significant amount of money thereafter. What are the chances you think that he gets, like, let's say it's 60 million bucks. What do you think the chances? Obviously it would just, you know what you think it's not you're, you're not a lawyer or anything but not that i know of anyway but like do you think he would get that much cash out of it no, no there's no way 
Like they're just, if it goes that way, there's going to argue, well, that's if you're a fucking successful player and there's no guarantee that you would have been and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So we think they'll cut that in half and give them 30? I don't know. I don't know what, uh, I don't know where dollar figure this is going to land up. We'll probably know. have a settlement, but yeah, I, figuring this out would probably be very difficult. Yeah. So like, what, what dollar amount can you put on his uh, trauma, right? That's yeah. what you're essentially doing right here. Right. Yeah. And lost earnings. How do you ever prove that? So the Hawks have not made a counteroffer to that, but have requested a couple times that the dispute be resolved with the mediator, um, which Beaches Camp is adamantly against. I think because they expect, like the discussion we're having, that they'd get significantly less than they're after through mediation. Well, uh, yeah, they'll they they probably want this to go to trial, unless they have a huge settlement. Yeah. And he uh, know any of his stats? Like, what was his stats back then? I mean, what was his goals, assists? I don't think he ever even cracked the NHL. Yeah. But you said he was a he was a top draft pick, didn't you? He was like eleventh, thirteenth overall, something like that. He was a first rounder. Yeah. All uh, right. Did he not win a cup with Chicago? Not really. He was a he was a member of the Black Aces, which is like their minor league squad that travels and practices with the team uh, to be called up if there's an injury. But he was never actually on the Blackhawks. I feel like somebody wants to challenge here. <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm gonna. Because, I mean, I swear the guy won a cup. He won a Stanley Cup with them. Yeah, he was on the Black Aces, not the, not the Blackhawks. Okay. When their first cup, he was. I challenge that. I guarantee you he didn't play a game in that cup room. Not a minute. So, like I said, the Hawks have not made a counteroffer, but after mediation, uh, they also offered to pay for the mediation and to make Danny Wirtz and Chairman Rocky Wirtz, um, who are the owners of the Blackhawks, present at the mediation. Uh, but that was declined by Beach's camp, and they're moving forward to discovery. What's the deal with these Wirtz guys? They own the team. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's father and son, one's CEO, one's the chairman or something. Like so why doesn't he want them to be there? I don't think he doesn't want them there. It's just that he, they don't want to do mediation. Oh, yeah, that's fair. So the Blackhawks offered mediation. They said they'd bring the owners down. They'd pay for it, whatever. They're trying to push mediation. But mm. Beach's camp is saying, nope. You don't like our settlement offer of fucking whatever it is. $60 million, let's say. Well, it's a wild guess. Then uh, let's move forward. Let's go to discovery. Fair enough. Moving on to some uh, lighter topic. Uh, the Blue Jackets are going to retire Rick Nash's number 61. Uh, Nash scored 289 goals and tallied 258 assists for 547 points in his time with the team. He was the Jackets' number one pick in the 2002 draft 
and in 2003, he became the youngest player in the NHL history uh, to lead the league in goal scoring and win the Rocket Richard. He was tied with a couple others that year, again, on somebody else. Uh, so Rick Nash, having his number 61 retired, first number to be retired in Blue Jackets history. Well-deserved. That guy was a beast. That yeah. was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge and skilled. Yeah. Had hands. Had a better guy that size. Exactly what a power forward is supposed to be. Yeah, he was definitely a great player throughout his entire career. Even as his career was winding down, he was still still a guy to be reckoned with, for sure. Yeah. Now, someone who's not as... Uh... I'm going to say not as skilled as Rick Nash. Rem Pitlick. Oh, Ooh. Jesus. I thought you were talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not. But Rem Pitlick, if you've heard of him. Because huh? <laughs> I hadn't. Until he recorded his first and his second and his third career NHL goals. All in the same game. All in a row for the natural hat trick. And he became the 31st player in NHL history to score a hat trick in his first, uh, in the same game as scoring his first goal. Hmm. Which seems like a lot of players to me, actually. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That, that doesn't seem like the easiest thing to do. But Yeah, I can think of 30, one other 31. player that did it, for sure. He might have been the last one to do it, too. Maybe. Although that was a little bit ago. Of course, I'm going to Austin Matthews in his debut where he scored four goals. Uh, when I was watching uh, TSNs this morning, uh, when I saw that, I was like, wow, Buddy did a natural. It wasn't, you know, yeah. someone else scored. And it was like, good for him. Natural hat trick. That's the impressive and also very hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to jump in on that challenge. I have no records of. Kyle Beach ever even making the NHL? Yeah, same. Because he never did. Yeah, he said he was called up to the practice squad, like you said, Pete, but he never played. No, he ended up going to Sweden, is what it says. All right. Don't worry about challenges today, boys. <laughs> so there you go. Plus one for Petey. Excellent. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate you. Appreciate you not making the pros, man. <laughs> Despite all the hardship you had to go through to yeah. not make it. Brings us on to the Leafs. So the Leafs had a good week. They went 3-1-0, uh, which brings them to 10-5-1 on the season for 21 points, second in the Atlantic, only two points behind Josh's favorite Florida Panthers. We're not uh, undefeated anymore. Why are they why are they live <laughs> <laughs> Just because you liked them when they were undefeated. That's all. That's okay. all. Uh, so it was a good week. Uh, John Tavares scored his 100th goal as a Maple Leaf. Yeah. So the captain getting uh, into the triple digits. Johnny T. Had a boy, Johnny Toronto. Uh, and they played a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. That scared me. I'm thinking, holy fuck, they played Campbell. They better not put that. <laughs> Go ahead, bud. So luckily, to save Kev from 
some heart contusions. <laughs> they didn't play Hutchinson in that. That's they why I played, watched the game. They played Joseph Brick Wall in his NHL debut. His name's not actually Brick, by the way, just so you know. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> and in his first NHL game on Saturday night, he picked up his first NHL win. And Kev, you'll be happy to know that he catches with his left hand. I know, and that—that that, I mean, just <laughs> just seeing him in net was just the 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 factor of me watching the game. If it was Hutch, nope, I would have fuck it, turn it off. Yeah, watch something else. I mean, this year you said that you weren't going to care; you're just going to watch hockey. But you <laughs> yep, see, he was just going to be a fan. He said, "Yeah, you seem pretty emotional about this still about I this just, team." I, I I am emotional about that team, but I'm still just. But you said you weren't going to be. I'm going just going to be a hockey fan, but you know, it's just it's your local team. I mean. Just like we want to cheer for Buffalo as much as we we don't, but we do. I mean, bills, you, mean, you mean the Bills, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. For football. That's right. For, you, for the football. Well, Kev, I think you are emotionally tied, but that's okay. I am too. Yeah, but you didn't say you were just going to be a fan yeah. of the league, of hockey. <laughs> You you didn't say you weren't going to cheer for a team. I'm not cheering for them. I'm just you know I want to see them do well. Let's let's say that. That's what cheering is. <laughs> no, I also want Colorado to do well, and they're doing pretty well. I mean, that's like that's my pick. That's right. I just love the sport of hockey, guys. I mean, I'll watch it just to watch, but yeah, of course, I'm always going to. Unless, except if Hutch is in there. I'm I'm going to bleed always <laughs> blue and white. So regardless if I go to orange and black i'll always still kind of have that blue and white so ew that's so gross man orange and black yeah and they suck don't even go there (laughs) exactly (laughs) if you're gonna jump ship at least go to a good team yeah i'll uh, i'll take the kraken yeah no 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 i mean (laughs) hells no uh uh It'll be better than the Flyers. At least it's a fresh team, you know. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to Andre Kasha, who didn't get his 100th career goal, but he did get his 100th career point, and not just as a Maple Leaf, but in general, uh, against the aforementioned Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, so Kasha, into the triple digits and points in his career. Good to see. Look at him. And then in Buffalo, I don't know if you boys saw this or not, but it was just wonderful. The goal that David Camp scored. Oh, I did see got this. to be one of the worst goals ever. <laughs> he just sort of was playing it into the slot. I think he tried to shoot it, but he like fanned on the shot or whatever and slid across off his stick. One of Buffalo's players pushed it forward to the skate. He touched it again gently with his stick, and it just, like a little curling rock, just slid underneath the goalie. (laughs) Hurry, hurry hard. Yep, yep, that was a goal. Like, if you ever watch eight-year-olds play hockey and watch one of their shots slide across the ice and and the goalie falls down because he's trying to make a save, it kind of looked like that, just sliding across the line. Did he even hit the back of the net? 
I don't think so. I, no, I, I don't know. It was, it was that It slow. just crossed the line. <laughs> um, I saw a hilarious gif on Twitter. There was this goal and Connor McDavid's goal from last week where he beat four guys. <laughs> and the caption is, which goal was better? <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. I had a good laugh about that. So I just had to shut that out. Whoever the fuck made it. Good job. But yeah, terrible, terrible goal. But then in that game, um, Leafs didn't look very good. Sabres didn't look very good. Game was 4 4 late in the third. Uh, but then Morgan Riley gets a scoring chance. He shoots it, goes bar down, lands about a foot in front of the net. And like a fucking Tiger Woods spin chip Whoa. onto the green, that thing spun itself right back across the line into the net with 11.8 seconds left to win the game. Craziest bounce I've ever seen in a fucking hockey game. Maybe not the craziest, but it was... Definitely it was bizarre. It was, it was bizarre. bizarre. Absolutely. It just shows how much uh, either like a good power, like a shot that he had to produce that much of a spin off that bar. Like that thing must have been a humming. Well, and he shot it like a knuckle buck too, like straight out of uh, the Mighty Ducks. The thing was right up on edge when he shot it. Drive's goal is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next game we'll see a flying V. Who knows? That'd be fucking funny. I, that's what I, that's what I thought hockey was all about when I when I was watching <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Why don't they do the flying V when I was younger? <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense. Why not do it? Just one, two players can bowl you over, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not. It's not Iceland versus the little kids from the USA. Like. <laughs> Like I think they'd be just fine. Break into the zone and then spread out into some wacky fucking flying formation after the V and score a goal, bro. I mean, Jesse's kind of right. You can defend it pretty much with one or two guys because <laughs> everyone's just right there. Just fucking throw your bows up, man. They ain't doing shit if you got your elbows up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right, Josh. You're right. <laughs> I know. I know. Josh, if you play rec hockey again, you should definitely try that. Just talk to your team. <laughs> I had to go behind. <laughs> guys used to do that all the time in beer league. I always get a big laugh. Uh, Especially if they did it and they scored. Well, no one ever actually tried the flying V and they just went behind the net and went, Flying V! <laughs> anyway. Big week coming up for the Leafs as they uh, try and continue their hot streak. Um, I think they have eight wins in the last nine games or something like that. Uh, so they're playing well. The upcoming week is versus the Preds, versus the Rangers, versus the Penguins, and then at the Islanders on Sunday. So hopefully we uh, come out of that with a few more victories, carry the hot streak on. That brings us into the NBA. What's going on on the uh, the off days in the Scotiabank Arena where it's hard court and not ice. 
Yeah, well, the Raptors play there. That's what usually what happens. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> and the so, NFL. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the Raps they had three games this week. Pretty easy week for them uh, in terms of games, number of games. They lost against Boston, which we all really, really, really wanted them to win. And hope they would. We kind of figured that the next game they would lose against Philly, but they end up pulling on a big win. And then we thought they'd put up a W against the trick, but they did not. I mean, I thought they were going to be Boston and Philly. They was missing, missing a bunch of stars too. So yeah, they were for sure. But yeah, but it's still, still a big win for sure. Mm. So in this game, uh, Freddie Van Vliet, celebrated after making a, a dagger three ball versus the Sixers here. And he ends up doing the Sam Cassell big ball celebration, which the league calls obscene. I love that. Uh, I, I guess it's been uh, banished from the league since like 2011 or something like that. And, uh, and now they, they definitely give out fines for it. And so, you know, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was good because he he's reenacting former Sixer Sam Cassell and his big ball celebration. So I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty sweet. Very appropriate uh, in my mind, bro. I thought that was awesome. It was good, man. I mean, and they got the fucking W, and that's what it was all about. That's that's the big thing. So uh, you know, the fifteen grand isn't a whole lot for uh, for these pro stars. So I don't think uh, Freddie's gonna be too worried about it, and he'll be pretty happy with the celebration and the w there yeah i mean a cup of coffee or something like that 15 grand exactly yeah (laughs) i mean the ironic part here is after the win there he was out against uh detroit with a groin injury (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is ironic the balls were so big you know yeah they're just hanging hanging down so much put strain on the groin you know I think they're taking uh, the fun out of the game, man. You did a, you did a like a, a game-winning shot. You should have the right to celebrate. I mean, if that's the way you're going to celebrate, then you shouldn't be fined on a on a celebration. That's why they called the no fun league at one point because they wouldn't let them. Still called the no fun it's, league. It's still the no fun league. Is terrible. We'll get into that later, but I think the more or less this was because it was obscene. Yeah, is what they called it. To yeah. who? To well. To- so, so was that so obscene when he did it when he was back in the day? No, well, that, back of the day was different, man. That's why they made it that you can't do it anymore. Whatever. I must be that old school. I, I, well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm fine with it, but I'm sure a lot of other younger kids may not be, or I, I guess the kids probably don't care. It's the older well, parents they, of those kids. The parents are afraid now their kids are going to run around the town doing like a, a move because they scored a basket. Ball, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, maybe they will, and who knows? I mean, that's so gonna be I, funny I read, though. <laughs> the kids are <running> around. <laughs> yeah. So I read that the NBA has made a hundred thousand dollars over the years on the uh, the big ball celebration after they banned it, uh, with different all these different players doing it and whatnot. Uh, actually, in, Freddie in was fine. fine. Yeah, <laughs> Freddie was fine. Actually, less than some of the other guys that had have done the, the same celebration within the last you know handful of years. Like some guys were fine 25 G's, so he got off lucky, in my opinion. There, because he probably pulled a groin, that's why they gave him a little less of a charge. All right, carrying on, Scotty Barnes. We've been talking on quite a bit about him because uh, he's exceeded 
at least my expectations. I didn't think he was going to be uh, this good, this quick. And other people are noticing, and it's not just uh, us here on the old PMP podcast. It's uh, guys that actually matter like Charles Barkley or Kendrick Perkins guys that are, you know, were former NBA players and actually know something about basketball. So Barkley, both Barkley and Perkins have said that Scotty Barnes will win the rookie of the year. And that's a, that's huge statements out of both guys this early in the, in this yeah, season. That's bold as fuck. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't, it doesn't surprise me that either one of these guys would say something like this this early because they're both outspoken and, and so on and so forth. But I like it. Uh, it. It excites me. Hopefully he does win rookie of the year. Cause that's going to, uh, that's going to help the, the Raptors overall. Right. He's obviously going to be playing lots of minutes and, and, uh, and whatnot. So I like it. Now Perkins in a tweet also said that Freddie Van Vliet leading this young Raptors team to victories is a beautiful, beautiful thing to see, especially by a guy that went undrafted. And he goes on to say, by the way, Scotty Barnes has been looking like he should have been the number one pick. And I, I can't agree more there. I, I mean, I mean, Mobley looks pretty good, good, but yeah, Mobley looks good, but he's, he's a little bit more defensive than Scotty. Um, but I, uh, I, let's put it this way. He's better than Suggs <laughs> so far anyway. And that's what really matters yes. for Raptors fans, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I've, uh, I've, I've been enjoying watching him. I've bet on him a few times. Uh, he hasn't come through for me when I've been betting on him, but... Uh, we'll stop it then. <laughs> that's all right. We've been, they've been getting some Ws, so I'll take a W over yeah, okay. my five, five, $5 <laughs> fucking bet. <laughs> so. And uh, so we're going to go back to Thursday, uh, Thursday's game against the Sixers. And Marie Holloway was in attendance. Now, if you don't know who that is, uh that doesn't surprise me because uh well it's somebody a little obscure but marie holloway is a kyle lowry's mom now she was at the raptor game in philadelphia now she lives in philly that's where kyle's from but she still lives in philly and she went to the sixers raptors game on thursday and she she was pretty close she took some photos uh, behind the raptors bench and she captured it i i couldn't stay away and she had other photos of herself, like selfies and whatnot. And she had all kinds of decked out. She was all decked out in Raptors gear. And basically, she's loyal to the Raps, even though her son plays in Miami now. And he's a, he's a member of the Miami Heat. She's still a Raptors fan. And I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, love it. That's awesome. You'd think that Mama would just, like, take all the Raptor shit, throw in the garage, yeah. get a bunch of free... Miami Heat shit from her son, and now be a Heat fan. Yeah, but she's not. I mean, I'm sure she's still a Heat fan because she obviously wants her son to do well and to win. But but she has uh, she has some loyalty to Toronto and to the Raps, and yeah. I think I think that's great. I really do. And I mean, we know that Kyle Kyle has already said his intention is to come back to Toronto, sign a one day contract, and retire as a Raptor. Uh, so I think this this makes sense that uh, that his mom is still a fan and. It proves that he's probably going to come back and do that. Then uh, that's well. He's, yeah. He said he was going to. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I take him with his, at his word. So all right, now some uh, maybe some more, so a little bit of bad news, I guess, uh, or potentially for Kyle Lowry. Uh, it won't actually be bad for him, but it could be bad for the Miami Heat, and uh, in turn, actually the Chicago Bulls as well. 
so the NBA's probe into the acquisitions of Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry's uh, sign and trade uh, type things have has reached the advanced stages of the investigation. And basically, when it comes down to it, if the Bulls or the Heat are found, I guess, guilty of tampering and uh, trying to sign these guys prior to them actually being free agents, then they can uh, face fines up to $10 million, suspension of team executives, and forfeiture of draft picks, which can be absolutely huge. The cash isn't a big deal. It is what it is, right? These these, uh, basketball teams are worth millions and millions, some worth billions of dollars, so... 10 million bucks isn't the end of the world, but to lose draft picks, that's tough. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That, that, that'll be terrible for those teams. But as long as the Raptors aren't involved, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I don't think – I haven't heard anything that they that they could find anything because it sounds like, you know, basically it was Miami talking to Kyle saying, hey, re-sign for, you know, X amount within this range type thing of dollars, and then we'll we'll make a trade for you. And and that same thing happened with Lonzo Ball, so – or allegedly happened with Lonzo Ball. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. And like I said, the biggest thing will be the draft picks that you could, you know, who knows what they'll be. Are they, they're going to be meaningful draft picks. It's not like it's going to be a six round player, no, you know, or a six round pick. It's going to be top three pick for sure. Like for first, second or third round, no question about it. And even basketball drops right off after the first two rounds. So I was going to say, I, I thought there know. only was two rounds. Uh, that's what I thought. There was only two rounds. I don't think there's any more. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm sensing a Only challenge. 60 guys. I'm 60 some odd guys. Get a picked. Challenge. So. Let's go to huh. let's go for another challenge here, guys. I'm not fucking saying I'm doing it, but <laughs> someone else step up to the plate, Jesse. Yeah. I have no idea, so I can't Fucker. I can't challenge you. I have zero clue. I, I thought there was like, plenty of rounds. Come on, Jess. You said you were the first person to say it was two. He and Jesse can't fucking hug and have a challenge. So yes, we both think it's two rounds. Great. <laughs> yeah, like it. Yeah, come on. Like, like you got points to lose. Is we'll both get plus one. Win. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Fucking pussies. What are we challenging? What are we challenging? We, we, we just told we told him, and then we missed the chance to challenge him. Oh, yeah, whatever. That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> we were both very unsure too. <laughs> it was like seventy five percent for me. <laughs> it is only two rounds. There is only two rounds. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I had no idea. Well, I thought there was at least five. Like, well, think about it, man. They don't need a huge, huge team, yeah. right? Or and huge bench, and people are going to stay on your team for a while. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, ten million dollars, even do a uh, wealthy sports team, is still not fucking nothing. It's not that much, though, man. It's still ten million dollars. Like, yeah, but would you rather give up $10 million or your first-round pick for the next two years? Depends on the status of the team. No, man, $10 million bucks <laughs> Yeah, every time. I agree with you, on this. For sure. Do you think Butler fans. had a thing to do with it to try and get uh, Lowry there? I mean, it's possible, but but I don't think uh, I don't think the players are under investigation. It's just the team. So Because, like, Butler can't sign them, no. right? Butler has he – can, he can say, hey, come here, come here. Yeah. But he doesn't have any, any, you know, say really. Like, yeah, no. but they, some guys might. It's probably something stupid that like their front office went to Jimmy and was like, "Tell him to resign for fucking whatever, ten million yeah, a I year, mean, or whatever the fuck he signed for. See if he'll sign for that." 
then we'll I mean, it's three. possible, right? It's definitely possible. <laughs> but... Anyway, so again, we should we'll see what happens to the Heat and the Bulls uh, when this uh, the the results of the investigation come out and we hear more. So. But speaking of the Bulls, I just want there was a quick stat here. I, I know we've kind of had a bit of a hard on for the Bulls uh, this year since they started out, and it's nice that uh, Demar gets to play on a winning team. So there have only been two duos in Bulls history that have scored 20 plus points in seven straight games. I'm sure you can guess the first duo. It's gotta be MJ and Pippen, right? Gotta be. Gotta be. And it is the second newcomers, Damar and Zach Levine. Wow. Now Zach was there last year, but um, this is, uh, this is great. This is, this is really good for, for the Bulls. They've got, like I said, they've got Lonzo who's been lighting it up. And then they also have um, Vukovic, who's also pretty damn good. And I'm liking the Bulls. I haven't got to see very many games. I actually didn't even see the game versus the Raps, but which was unfortunate, but it's uh, definitely good for the Bulls. Like I said, I've always liked them, always, you know, because of Michael and whatnot. So it's always, uh, for me, I always like to see the Bulls succeed. Go back to their champion years. I mean, I'm sure that everybody in Chicago would love that. Yeah, like it's still – you had MJ and Pippen and Phil Jackson, so you had a lot yeah. of really good oh, – I don't yeah, know get like team there, right? Like Rodman, Steve uh, yeah. Steve Kerr, like lots of guys. Coach, right? coach, yeah. Horace I mean, Grant. Chicago's got lots of championships in the last 30 years anyway. All the big sports but football, right? all right and so talking about championships my pick for the larry o'brien trophy is fucking dominating this year they're currently 11 and 1 prior to sunday night's game uh, versus the charlotte hornets not the charlotte bobcats (laughs) beat it's the joke that keeps on giving oh yeah and so as of a Friday, there was a little post out there. So as of Friday, their NBA ranks, their record, they rank first. Point margin, first. Their offensive rating, they rate fifth. Defensive rating, first. Effective field goal percentage, first. Defensive rebound rate, first. Fast break points per game, first. Assist rate, first. Sounds pretty fucking good to me. That's pretty fucking a lot of ones. It's a lot of firsts. Yeah, first. yeah that's solid. But it's a different game in the playoffs. hundred percent. And they're only 12 games into it. There's definitely lots of time for them to falter. Injuries. There's also times for them to continue on the way they're going. And my big thing here is obviously Steph has been playing great. And we'll get to that in just a, a few minutes here. But the big thing is that they're doing it without two of their bigger name players in Clay Thompson and a potential big player in the uh, 2020 number two overall pick, James Wiseman. I think if you add those two especially clay to this lineup and they're going to be even tougher to fucking beat their defense has been on point and when you got guys like curry scoring out his fucking asshole it's going to be tough to stop i mean clay's not even a top 75 player all <laughs> time <laughs> <laughs> he's only 77 right that's right yeah <laughs> i mean maybe by coming back this will this will fucking catapult him into the the top 75 maybe he'll make the top 100 in the 
whatever when they do that 25 years from now i guess 25 years (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe so anyway i just wanted to uh just give you guys a little jab just as you know just to say that yourself on the back my pick is kicking ass right now and uh, and yeah jazz i gotta pat myself (laughs) on the back here that's right so where would our pick stand where would our pick stand so obviously you're in first where's the where's my heat they're doing pretty good, actually. Let me see what we got here. So the Heat are sitting in fifth in the East. Okay, Jesse, who did you take? Uh, my Bucks five. are shit in the bed. Bucks are six and seven. And Pedro? And Oof. Pete, who did you take? The Clip. The Clips are eight and four. So Solid. That's solid. So that would be second right now. So it would be me, Pete, Kevin, Jesse. Yep. Right now. I'll take that. Oh, bro. You just want to oh, be ahead bro. of Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still lots of basketball to go. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, I alluded to Steph Curry and how lights out he is, or has been this year. We're going to talk about him in just a minute. This week's points and penalties MVP are the Warriors who we were just talking about. We're off to one hell of a start. Their leader, Mr. Steph Curry. So Steph becomes the oldest player in NBA history at 33 years old to score 50 points and dish out 10 dimes in the same game. It's the 18th ever to record the feat. Wilt Chamberlain held the previous record. Setting a 53.32 rebound, 14 assist game at 31 in 1968. Isn't that fucking crazy? 32 rebounds, unreal. Yeah, yeah that's nuts. <laughs> but he's 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 well distilled, man. What do you what do you expect? That's still crazy, man. <laughs> I think he had a little bit of a height advantage compared to everyone else back then. <laughs> still, yeah. So yeah, Curry, two years older than Wilt distilled, achieving the same feat, except for the. 32 rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't have the 32 rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Talking about 50 points and 10 assists. Curry hit nine of 19 three-point tries and all 13 of his free throws. And he scored 50 points 10 times between February 2013 and November of 2021 right now. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at <laughs> no. all. And maybe the biggest point of all. Curry has passed Ray Allen at 3,358 for the most three-pointers in NBA history. He is now numero uno, and significantly, he did this in 585 less games. That's insane. It's wild. We're clearly witnessing... Video game-esque, this guy is. Yeah, we're clearly witnessing the best three-point shooter of all time. Yep. Which is fucking cool. He's like the Wayne Gretzky uh, for basketball right now. No, I would say of, of, close of to Larry Bird. Larry Bird of basketball right <laughs> like, now. Like what he's doing is unreal. Like for like you said, yeah, three pointers for sure. But he still changed the game to begin with, as MJ did too. But this record that he's going to probably put up is going to be very difficult to beat and oh, may yeah. t- take a long time as well, if ever, to get it for someone to beat it. Especially if they move the line back. 
<laughs> we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. Because <laughs> it's never going to happen. So also, and this one is a mind blower as well, the most games with nine three-point field goals made all time. I'm just going to go through this from the bottom up. So Kobe is sixth with four. J.R. Smith is fifth with five. Thompson, fourth with seven. Dame is third with nine. James Harden, second with nine. I guess those two were tied for second. And number one is Steph Curry with 36 games with nine three-pointers made. Yeah, fucking insane, right? Four times more. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, no one else has – no. there's no one else there that, that has any kind of competition to him at all. I mean, not I thought Harden – Not even close. You know, no, not even close. But like, like, like I said, I mean, I, I would have thought Harden would have had, you know, something more than just like nine of them, but. He's literally four times more. Four than... times. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> he has been lights out this year. It just lights out. And I'm going to make a semi-bold prediction. So I called the Warriors to win the Larry O'Brien trophy. I'm calling Steph to win the MVP. Ooh. Already. Oh, yeah. of, the, of the season or of the season, finals? season, no. season MVP. Yeah, he's just been, right. he's been too good so far. I know there's a lot of games left, but even if he keeps up half as good, he's going to be tough to beat. Now, when we make our predictions later in the season, no change in your picks. You got to stick <laughs> your guns here. Well, that's fine. I'll <laughs> stick with it. I'm good with that. When we go through our brackets, right? You're going to stick with the Warriors all the way through? I'm fine with that. Yeah, because they're going right. to win it. So it's fine. Right. I mean, I'm okay with you changing your bracket if you want. But if we make a prediction for MVP, which I'm sure we will, you got to stick with Curry now. All right. I'll stick with Curry because he's going to win it. So Got to. Got to. So, to the best three-point shooter of all time. And we got to witness it all. Cheers to Steph Curry and you boys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers Steph. Good job, bro. So, Jesse, why don't you let us know what's going on? On the gridiron. Well, we'll give Peter a pat on the back here. Woo! Because his uh, Tennessee Titans, the defense beat the snot out of the Rams 28-16 for their fifth straight win. And then they got their sixth straight win today, which Peter also made a lock on them. So we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. I mean, the better team won the game on uh, on Sunday night. There was controversy in both these games, but <laughs> this game, this one wasn't much con- controversy. They fuck, they dominated them. The defense dominated them. And it was in small part to, on two snaps, 20 seconds apart, Jeffrey Shimmons and Kevin Bayard forced Matthew Stafford to, into a pair of terrible decisions where he was trying not to take a safety. So he threw it up and right into a linebacker of Tennessee and he was tackled down at the two play later. They got a touchdown. So the Rams get the ball back and Jeffrey Simmons did his thing and they threw an interception right at Kevin Bayard and he returned it for a touchdown. So the Rams spotted the Titans 14 points, never a wise decision. And I do believe the offense lost this game for the Rams because the Rams had held the Titans under 200 total yards. I mean, they didn't have Henry. And they didn't have Henry. 
Another thing that helped them out was the refs. Now, at the time before this game, Los Angeles was the least penalized team. And then they got flagged for 12 times for 115 yards. And that's the most of McVeigh's career. So there was a couple ones that I thought were bullshit, especially near the end of the game where there was a roughing the passer. Donald was in jumping midair and Tannehill hadn't even released the ball and he hit him on the shoulder and right Tannehill fell down like a little baby and he got a flag. It's because you were cheating. Because you were cheating. (laughs) It was on a third down stop as well. What is that? They weren't cheating. Ball back. And yeah, the refs have been a bit of a problem lately for Yoshi's team, but we'll talk about that soon. And yeah, that one really pissed me off, but there was also a mystery holding one that I saw that was really bad as well after a big run. And yeah, I was not impressed with the refs here, but the refs really didn't make them lose. I don't think, I think it was the Rams offense was just bad. And with all, with the penalties that were there, this falls on McVay. Yeah. Von Miller was not in that game. I'm hoping he is there tomorrow. So do I. Yes, I know you do. So we'll get into the Monday Nighter, which had Yosha's Bears in. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Boswell kicked the late field goal that lifted the Steelers past the Bears, 29-27. But the Bears showed some grit. There was a 10-point fourth quarter lead that turned into a one-point deficit following a fumble by a punt returner, Ray Ray McLeod for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Justin Fields showed that he might actually be a pretty good quarterback. He got the ball then and had a 16-yard strike to Daryl Mooney with a minute and 40 seconds left to go. But then Roethlisberger guided the Steelers 15 yards in seven plays, although the Chicago's 12th penalty of the night, which was skeptical. There was a Cassius Marsh. He was talking a bunch of shit. I don't even think he actually said anything, but he got flagged for taunting. He ran into the ref. He claims that the ref hip-checked him. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Guys, why is this not in your box then? Because <laughs> the refs are doing this constantly every week, and I, I, I really, as I'm much as check. I'm harping on it, all oh, the hip checks. Well, I, I didn't really see it was a hip check. That's what Kajimar said it was. He, he was being a goof. He just stared down at at the Pittsburgh sideline because he was on that team in the off season, and then they let him go, and the Chicago got him. And it was they were going under the fourth down. The punt team was coming on. And he was just staring at them, and he left, hit the ref, and then the ref, there is flag. So what I read was that the ref, he said, the ref said that that. The ref did a kind of hip check him. It was the ref that in, that kind of instigated the hit between the two of them, and that that had nothing to do with the penalty. It was just him talking shit to the sideline. I don't think he said anything. I just think he just stared down at the. the well, team. he was he was wooing or whatever. He was you know all hyped. Nothing up. wrong with a woo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> a good celebration. But this is what they're cracking down this year, and it's it's really ruining the game. I hate. I really, yeah. I don't get it. That's why it's no fun. Like, yeah, like they they weren't really that bad last year, but this is what the one of the things that they asked the committee, the safety committee asked the refs to look at. I don't know why. Who's on this stupid fucking safety committee? 
Well, the guy across from Cassius Mars was on it, Tomlin, and I think McVeigh's on it as well. I can't remember who else is on it. But yeah, I think it, I don't know why they made it so that this was something that they they really hit hard on, which was no one likes this at all. It just ruined. I think it just ruins the game. Like it's an emotional game. And if you show your emotions, you're penalized for it. Yeah, it's dumb. Yep. Taunting is fun. Should be part of the game. You don't want to get taunted? Stop them. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. you can just use it as like uh, MJ does. Like just feel your fire, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah, I was pretty disappointed with this game. I thought they uh, they had a good chance to to win, but they didn't. They shit the bed. But like you said, Just Fields had a good game and looked promising. And even uh, Darnell Mooney there, he uh, he looked half decent too. So maybe those two over the next uh, handful of games and subsequently uh, the next couple seasons, maybe they can really become a comfortable uh, duo and, and become a threat. Well, obviously, we'll have to see. It was shitty to see them lose, but like I said, there was definitely some good things to take out of the game. And I mean, obviously, this season's already a fucking wash. So it doesn't just let's just play good and, and work on some stuff. Let's get a new coach next year and uh and try and win some games. Well, you're still in the running for, to get in the playoffs, so I wouldn't say it's a complete wash, but it's done. They're done. I don't think you're going to be winning a Super Bowl, but that's just my feeling. No. But, yeah, you're right. He did have a good game, 17 for 29, 291 yards, a TD. He did have an INT. And I would have won around 330 bucks if Fields could have scored. Which sucks. You needed a rushing touchdown at all? I needed a rushing touchdown. I had an anytime touchdown from him. Because I thought he was the offense. <laughs> so OBJ has finally figured out who he's going to be playing for for the rest of the season. And it's the Los Angeles Rams. How do you feel about that? I I, would, I told you last episode, I was happy about that. I was I don't think he's as big as a cancer as uh, you guys seem to think he is. I think the media blows it up a lot more than what he is. And I know McVay can handle people that think that they are cancerous because he's, he's proven it. And the deal that he su- ends up signing the one year contract. So he's, he's a free agent at the end of this year is it's a base salary of $750,000. And he had a signing bonus of 500,000. Although there is incentives here, they can get towards 4.25 million. So the incentives, there's a lot there, but I still think this is a pretty sweet deal. I know it's only for the end of the season. I believe he is playing, going to be playing tomorrow, but he's going to be in like a package role because he doesn't know the whole playbook yet. I tried to bet on him having a huge fucking game, but they won't let me do it. He's not even, you can't even choose him to pick a touchdown or anything. Yeah, because like I said, he doesn't know the playbook yet, but he'll definitely be in there. I'm hoping you 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 think you'd be able to like bet on if he gets a reception or something like that or an over under of the reception at least. But yeah, if he got a, you would think that he would be able to get it like a touchdown, like because that would be huge odds. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find it anywhere on there. Hmm. Maybe wait till game day. Yeah, maybe tomorrow might something may have something else. So one of these incentives is if the Rams win the Super Bowl, which would go well for me here on points and penalties because I picked them, and it comes with five hundred thousand on top of that. And so just to let you know, the Rams are now paying OBJ and Von Miller roughly two million dollars combined for the rest of the season, which I thought is wild and awesome how Les Sneed can manipulate the cap. Well, they're doing a Tom Brady thing, right? 
take less money to win a win a championship. So yeah, well, the whole thing with Vaughn was they got to give up a pick, so Denver would take on most of the salary. But Odell, yes, I agree, he's doing the Tom Brady thing. But apparently, he was down to Green Bay and LA, and Green Bay lowballed him with the veteran minimum. <laughs> And he would have easily been the number two wide receiver there. Well, I guess he's probably going to be the number two for the Rams now because uh, after he signed the contract with L.A., Bobby Trees tears his ACL in practicing the following day, which terrible news. We've had some issues with wide receivers. Our second-round pick, Tutu Atwell, is on IR for the end of the season, and then Deshaun Jackson left. But hopefully Odell picks up the slack. It's going to take him a couple weeks to get going. Good thing you added him now. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a good time to add him. But like I said, I thought the football gods were just teasing us because they said we, no. yeah. we, we had too many good <laughs> wide receivers. And really, like, as good as Odell was, I still think Bobby Trees is better just because he's a better teammate. He he's I know he's a better blocker, and he's a pretty good route runner. Like, so is Odell, but he has more of a playmaking ability compared to Woods but I still like Woods better. But hopefully Odell reignites his version of when he was playing with the Giants. Sure, that's the hope, right? Right. Yep. As long as he hopefully doesn't get down on one knee and ask the fucking field-kicking mesh thing to marry him. I mean, that's just like... It was funny. Near, I, I still think that's funny. It was a bit, man. Anyways, so Carolina decided to bring Superman back newton signs a one-year deal and he actually played today and he got two total touchdowns he threw a, a passing td and he got a rushing td so he was in a bunch of packages which was pretty neat for him he scored on his first touch i think yeah i yeah I, you're, you might be right yeah it was uh it was pretty interesting to see all that uh, that and him back there and he, he took off his helmet and he's like i'm back I'm back. <laughs> so the deal is worth up to $10 million for the remainder of the season, which is a lot, I thought, but they need a quarterback. It included $4.5 million guaranteed and $1.5 million roster bonus. So they released Cam back in 2019 to replace him with Teddy Bridgewater. The following season, they trade him to Denver and bring in Sam Darnold from the Jets, who they also traded for. He suffered a shoulder injury on Sunday and also really wasn't playing that great. Tell you the truth. He had a hot start, but now he's starting to shit the bed. And yeah, he's been, he's going to be sidelined for four to six weeks and cam is fully vaccinated now. Cause that was the big issue in new England. Cause he got in trouble because he didn't know the rules of if you're non-vaccinated or something like that. When he went to go, I forget where he went to go, but he, he got in trouble that way because he, he was a non-vaccinated and he had a, he forgot the rules and got suspended for some for a couple of days. But he's back and he seems pretty hyped up. And I think Carolina Carolina still has a chance to get in the playoffs. So again, he's probably gonna be in the Odell situation packages here and there, and he'll probably take over the reins eventually from PJ Walker, I think his name is, who's replacing who's actually the starting QB right now for the Panthers. Whoever the Panthers GM is needs to be fucking fired, though. Like, you traded away or you released a guy, then you brought another guy. So you're paying basically three fucking guys to replace the guy that you had once. That was already yeah. there. 
Yeah. It's actually, I think, more or less the owner, the new owner. I have to forget his name, Richard Temperman or something. Uh, Tepperd. Anyways, he, he just wants a winner. That's all he wants. So he's willing to, and he's got a lot of money and he's willing to spend money the same way that the owner, Stan Kroenke, is the same way with the Rams. He's just, just get a championship here. And this guy really just wants to win and be relevant. That's what everybody wants, man. Yeah. So, but he's willing to make, <laughs> but that's the thing too, is, is I get what Josh is saying is you're wasting picks by trading this and, and you're paying the, all these quarterbacks, but you realize you fucked up and then you're moving on. Now this is kind of compounding the effect when he did leave in 2019, he had a bit of shoulder issues. Cam in the off season. So that was probably why they got rid of him. Now, last year, he wasn't that good at throwing the ball either, but he's still like a – he's like a Derrick Henry back there as a running back, but that can kind of throw. He's not as good as Derrick Henry, but he's as big as him. Yeah, and who knows? They likely would never bring him back if Darnold's still playing half decent or isn't – even if he's just healthy, they probably don't bring him back. So, he might have a point, you know, yeah. yeah. So. It, it, I can see we're on both sides, but I'm also from – I cheer for a team that figures out, like, look at look what they did. They got rid of golf, right? They got rid of Todd Gurley after giving him huge contracts, and they everyone said that they're the stu- stupidest for doing that because they had so much dead cap, and yet they're still winning. So it's also moving on from what you've done to make your, your team better. Now they ended up winning today against Arizona. Arizona was the best team in NFC in the NFC. But they also didn't have Murray or Nuke again today. But it's a big win either way. It was a definitely a big win. I don't, I don't think that Arizona's that shit hot right now, especially without those two guys. It seems like they're gonna uh, they're gonna fall as as those two guys are out. They're probably not gonna. It doesn't seem like they're gonna win too many games the way that they've been playing. You know, and they got destroyed today. Like, well, like that's the thing too is Arizona or Kyle Murray, you could say he's a smaller guy, right? And he always starts off really, really hot at the beginning of the season and then starts getting more injured because he's starting to take more hits and he's a smaller guy. So he's going to have to learn to be more of a pocket passer and not run around all the time and take the hits. Take a page out of uh, Russ's book. Russell Wilson, huh? Yeah, because he doesn't run around too much, you know. He still gets sacked a lot, but he doesn't run around to get sacked. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit bigger, but yeah, he – he does not take a lot of hits. He knows that he he's going to field. But and he was back today, and he was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. So was the other guy on the other side until the end. So <laughs> uh, the Packers weren't very good today either. So I mean, isn't Murray like the shortest quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, probably yeah. so right now. I mean, he's he's definitely shorter than Doug Flutie because Doug Flutie was a small quarterback. Because I didn't know he. I, well, sorry, I didn't think he was going to do the transition from the CFL to the NFL. But he did well when he went to, to the NFL. Doug Flutie did. So, I mean, Drew Brees was short too, and he was—he's a fucking all-time great. So, to me, quarterbacks—you can be any size. Obviously, the bigger you are, maybe the more longevity. But it seems like the the average size quarterback is the the longest uh, tenured type guys. Seems to be because yeah. you get a guy like Cam who's huge. But he gets beat up too. Maybe that's because he runs a lot. Yeah, there's it's it's between a pocket passer and a scrambler, pretty much. Yeah. So you get with the pocket or with the scrambler, you get like they make plays out of nothing, but they can get hurt more easily because they're taking more shots. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so let's roll into the points and penalties locks of the week. Yeah. So, Peter, we we said earlier, took the Titans, and they beat the Saints. They held them off by beating the Saints 23-21. to 21. Jeffrey Simmons dominated. He had two sacks. He had three sacks against the Rams last week, so he is on a tear. And I like this guy always when he was coming out, and now he's hitting his potential. Was he a D lineman? Yeah. Oh, good. I'm going to have to pick one up because uh, AD's on a bye next week, so maybe I'll pick him up in free agency. <laughs> I would assume someone has him already. <laughs> I don't know, man. Really? Hmm. Yeah. The Dynasty League is weird that way. Hmm. So in, in this game, there was another questionable rough in the pass around Tannehill, which ended in an interception, and the refs threw the flag. And he just hit him on the shoulder again. And Cheap. I don't know what Boger was looking at. He was he just saw it and just threw his flag. And I was just like, Jesus, terrible. And that's a huge game-changing play at that point, too, because they would have gotten away with no points. They ended up scoring a touchdown there. And that would have been the difference of the game because the Saints did miss a, their couple field goal or extra points. And the, it was a two-point conversion that they didn't, they didn't make to tie it up and send it to overtime. Another cool thing that happened here is Mark Ingram. He then now becomes the Saints all-time leading rusher. He tops uh, Deuce McAllister for the franchise mark of 6,096 yards. Deuce! (laughs) And I took the Broncos over the Eagles. And the Broncos got crushed by the Eagles 30-13. Who did you want to pick, though, Jesse? Who, Who was your pick originally if you didn't have to take the Broncos? I, I wanted to take uh, New England. Oh, you did want to take your Rams? <laughs> Gonna take Boston. Well, I wanted to take the Rams too, but I was way late to that party. But I had a chance to take in New England, but I couldn't do that, even for the to continue my hot streak of <laughs> winning the points and penalties. I was like, no, I can't do that. The other one was uh, going to be Green Bay, but I didn't know if Rogers was going to play because he was still on the COVID list, which he ended up playing and getting that W. So I should have just bit the bullet. And the Broncos were in this game, too. They had a blocked field goal, and then they went for it on a fourth and one, which they got it. But then stupid Melvin Gordon on the fourth and one fumbled it. (laughs) Darius Slade returned it for the fumble of 82 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, that was a weird fucking play because who who fumbled it to start out with? It was Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, that's right. And then and then Slade picked it up, but then he fumbled it. He ended up picking it up, reversing the field, and then going back up to score. Yeah, he he yeah, he fumbled it like eight yards backwards, ran to the other yeah. side of the field, realized he didn't want to go that way, and then reversed his back <laughs> to the other side of the field and ran through <laughs> all of the Denver offense. And it was oh my god. It, it was it was pretty embarrassing for Broncos. And and I was watching their snap count and I could tell what they were gonna do. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a pass. They pass and then they run it. On the second down, get smushed, and then they would go and pass it again, and and they wouldn't get the first down. I was like, this is – who's ever running the offense here was just terrible. Like, I knew the sequence of plays coming up. It was, it was, <laughs> it was just the same thing over and, ro- over and over again. You, you would have been like Tony Romo out in the, the booth just sitting there watching and calling plays. Well, I was – I because it was my lock, I was interested into this game, and I was – and they had come back from down 10 nothing, and then – they messed up a few times and Eagles came back and then they came out the beginning of the second half and went down the field and got a stupid block field goal. It was just like, Jesus Christ. 
Anyway, so the Eagles wanted that more than the Broncos. That's for sure. I'll tell you that. And I took a loss, which makes me Peter tied. Yeah. Everybody loves Jesse losing. <laughs> <laughs> Kev has the Rams over the 49ers. Again, we like you said, I wanted that pick, but I was slow on the draw. Again. Slow, man. When I, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'm taking that right away when I saw it at work. Instant. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to let you know, too, that San Fran has a four-game winning streak against the Rams. It's all good. Like, they have OBJ now. It's all good. Like Kyle Shanahan is own McVay. But I'm still cheering for them. I still want you to get that W. Thanks, bud. And then we'll figure out who if he gets a win tomorrow. Josh, get the Chargers over the Vikings. This is a pretty good game. I enjoyed watching it, but the Vikings ended up beating the Chargers 27-23. Yeah. <laughs> boo! That's a boo on fucking a couple accounts. One because the Chargers lost, two because the Vikings won. Fuck the Vikings. I'm telling you, man. Just stay, <laughs> just stay away from the goddamn Vikings. Do not <laughs> either pick them to lose or pick them to win. This team is terrible. They got two of my losses on that, and now the Broncos do, but like it's just it's terrible. I, I, you know, I just don't know who, what team's going to show up. And it's in yeah. your in your uh, division. I, I get, know. I, you know what? It was against, so I kind of get it. I got to get that. You know what I was happy about this week, though? The Bears didn't lose. They on a bye. They were on a bye. <laughs> 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 All right. So as I alluded to earlier, me and Peter are tied at the top of the standings with 7-3. Kev, we're still waiting on to figure out if he's going to be tied with Yosh. Sorry, guys. We have to wait till next week before that. But my apologies. I'd rather have it this done now than waiting. You know, but go ahead. Big old Kev. Don't worry, bud. You're going to be four and four and six, bud. <laughs> Whatever. Worry. I'm going to be Rams five. Rams are and losing. Five. You're going to be four and six. I'm going to five and five here, boys. So, like I said, Kev's going to be at 500 with Yosh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see what happens. And well, I'm definitely going to be tuned in for it tomorrow. Yosh, what's happening in the off season on the ball field? Sweet fuck off. <laughs> there is not much going on in baseball. It's only uh, you know two weeks removed from uh, from the World Series, if that ten days maybe whatever. Anyway, all we got are some awards and some finalists for some awards. So just gonna go through uh, some of these, and I'll ask you guys a few questions on who you think uh, will win uh, some of these awards. So first up, Silver Slugger awards. These have already been given out. Starting off with catcher, we have Sal Perez and Buster Posey. But one obviously from AL, one from NL. And obviously those two guys. Exactly. Those two don't surprise me at all. Uh, next up, first base, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., obviously from our Blue Jays, and Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta Braves. Again, these don't surprise me whatsoever. Second base, Marcus Simeon from Toronto, and Ozzy Albies out of Atlanta. Definitely the Simeon doesn't surprise me. Uh, Albies, there could have been a couple guys, but he, he had a very good season, so... He started off slow, really slow, but he obviously ramped up and did his yeah. thing. I, I, can't, I can't even think of another second baseman, tell you the truth, off the top of my head for the NL. Cronenworth, maybe. Yep, yep. There you go. Yeah. But was he stationed? He, he was like the utility guy. He, he was, yeah. He was he all was. over the place. Yeah. And I'm assuming that there's a certain amount of games you got to play at that position before you can be eligible. So he may not have qualified for second base. Yep. Uh, another guy would maybe would be Trey Turner because he he was a shortstop, 
but then moved over when he got, went to the Dodgers, he was a second baseman. So, but again, you could get uh, same thing with eligibility there. Yeah. Third base, Rafael Devers from the shitty Red Sox and Austin Riley, again, of Atlanta. I mean, you're you're going to expect uh, some of these, you know, bunch of, bunch of guys from the same team, especially when it goes to the World Series. They definitely weren't the best team in Atlanta over the whole, whole regular season, but they ended up being the best team in the whole, whole league uh, at the end of it. That's what matters. Yeah. So. yeah, that one surprises me for Austin Riley. Yeah, like there's definitely a bunch of yeah, third basemen in the NL. Yeah, like Arenado, mm-hmm. even uh, Justin Turner from the Dodgers. Like he didn't have a great year, but he's he's always in that mix. So He's a rookie too. Yeah, they're, they're in good – Good shape there in Atlanta, especially if they if they re-sign Freddie Freeman, they're going to be just fine. They're going to have a lot of guys coming back and a lot. Of and like them. you said, he's gonna he's gonna go back there no matter what. Oh yeah, for sure. Unless they lowball him somehow, like and, which is stupid if they do. But if they lowball him somehow, and then you get one of these bigger teams that say, "I'll give you a billion dollars," you know that would be the only way. But I don't see it. I think he's more the, I think he's the hometown deal kind of guy. That's just my my gut feeling on Freddie. Uh, shortstop, Xander Bogarts. Jess, I know you like that on your fantasy team. Yeah, you know, you're in his boss. And, uh, oh, he's fucking boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tatis Jr. from San Diego, which neither one of these really surprised me at all. Nope. And then outfielders, obviously, there's going to be three each. So for the AL, we had Cedric Mullins out of Baltimore, Tay Oscar out of Teal, and Aaron Judge from the shitty Yankees. The AL East takes all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not really too many other guys that I would toss into this mix. <laughs> maybe another uh, maybe another Blue Jay. Guriel. And Guriel. You know, there, there's a uh, there's handfuls here and there, you know, a couple guys, but none that uh, stand out like these three. And you should be pretty happy with this one there, uh, Pedro. You actually caught a ball from Hernandez. I sure did. There you go. There you go. You got a silver slugger That's ball. Right. Now. And I caught it. Silver sl- slugger practice ball. That practice <laughs> that I caught. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still take a fucking scramble for a foul ball any day than a caught ball from a re- from an outfielder. You mean a ball you had to pick up off the ground because you couldn't catch it? Sure, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I still got the motherfucker. That's all I say. Got that thing. <laughs> All right, next up <laughs> in the NL, Juan Soto, Nick Castellanos, and Bryce Harper. Solid. Yeah, like there's not much to say there. Harper's awesome. Soto's awesome. And Castellanos had a great season. And he's been he's been a real surprise. Uh, See, I don't think so. I think he was always pretty good. Uh, this year was definitely his coming out party, but – He's 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 been a pretty good player, I think. So anyway, those uh, all those outfielders now have a, a silver Louisville Slugger bat in their uh, in their basements in their trophy rooms, and a couple more here. So obviously the AL will have a DH and the NL will have a pitcher for the Silver Sluggers, and I think it's pretty obvious who the AL DH is going to be. Definitely going to be Shohei. Showtime, Mister Showtime. That's right, fucking Showtime, boys. Showtime. <laughs> and uh, the pitcher, again, from the Atlanta Braves, Max Freed, who was pretty good this season uh, at the dish. Stupid. 
Just uh, just get DHs for the I know. I agree. I agree. Stop the pitchers from from hitting. They're, are they still talking about that though? Right? It is going to eventually happen. I think eventually it will. It's just a matter of time. You know how it is. It's the old boys club. They don't like change. They take forever to put anything uh, into that league. So I heard it might be as soon as next year. Really? That's moving pretty quick for, uh, <laughs> yeah, for the MLB. Maybe that's just a wild rumor, and I'm just hopeful. Yeah. I would like to see that. I I would think it's better. You know, let your pitchers do what yeah, they do. No one wants to see a pitcher hit. If they if they want to, they can be a DH. <laughs> but isn't that why you want to be like an NL pitcher? So you can actually go up and hit? Isn't that like a lot of them move over that way because they are a hitting pitcher? Some want to. Like Strowman wanted to uh, pitch in the a- or NL because he wanted to hit, but he's shit. So like unless you're fucking Madison Bumgarner and you're fucking knocking balls out of the park, like – I don't know. Just stick to pitching. That's what you All do. Right. You know, obviously there's, you know, there's the show haze of the world, but that's come around once in a hundred years. So, right. you know, there's no pitcher that's hit as good as Otani, at least in my lifetime, you know, and again, Otani is a showtime. He's showtime. He's, he's a, he's a crazy, 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 crazy player. So all that was the silver sluggers. Obviously that's a, uh, you know, offensive, I, the position and then they give out the Hank Aaron award, which is for the best offensive player. And we've already mentioned these two guys with the AL went to Vladdy. Yeah. Yeah. So he hit the most home runs in the MLB with 48 and he had the highest OPS in the AL with a 1.002. Boy's going to get paid. Oh yeah. Bling bling ain't no thing. And then in the NL Bryce Harper took home the Hank Aaron award. He had 35 jacks at a 1.044 OPS and these are both no issues here. I, who else do you choose? Pretty tough to choose Otani for this uh, based on his stats compared to Vlad. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's, uh, you know, there was guys that hit more home runs than Harper in the NL, but I think that OPS uh, catapulted him, him up to, to winning that. And then last award that has been given out before we get into some that are uh, yet to given out was the reliever, the reliever of the year. The AL went to Liam Hendricks of the White Sox, and the NL award went to Josh Hader of the Milwaukee Brewers. And from what I saw this year, zero surprise here. Both guys were lights out all year long. Sure, there's some guys that you could plug in here. This guy was pretty good. This guy was pretty good. But in my opinion, none as good as these two. And then we'll get into some of the finalists. We had some nominees a couple of weeks back. Now we've, uh, we've whittled them down to the finalists. So rookie of the year finalists, this is where I'm going to ask you guys who you think is going to take home the, uh, the hardware. So in the AL, we've got Wander Franco of the Tampa Bay Rays, Randy Rosarina of the Rays, who doesn't seem like he should be in the running for rookie of the year, but just didn't have enough uh, games played last year, even though he was the MVP of the world series. Uh, he was still a rookie and he's still a rookie this year. So, uh, and then last finalist would be Luis Garcia, a pitcher out of Houston. And then just to jump in with NL before I ask you guys who you think, the NL uh, finalists, Trevor Rogers out of Miami, Jonathan India out of Cincinnati, and Dylan Carlson out of St. Louis. So, AL, who do you guys got? Randy. You like Randy? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Randy's going to win it, but I think Wanda Franco deserves it. He just doesn't have the, the amount of at-bats as, as Randy has. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. He just wasn't. He didn't. He didn't play enough games. So I just 
and he's 20 years old. He played when he was 20 years old. So it's that's why I think he should be there, but that's just me. But I think Randy will get it because he he played more games and was he started off really slow this year. Randy did, yeah. Yeah. But he heated up just like uh Albies did. Well, I'm gonna go with Franco just a lot based on that 30 plus hitting streak. Uh, I think he did great. Sure, Rosarena may have uh, overall had a better season, and like you said, more ABs and whatnot. Just, but for me, I'm gonna go with uh, go with Wander. I'm going with Luis Garcia. Why? It's just my ESPN tells me something to say that that's, this guy's gonna win it. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you might want to get that thing checked out. <laughs> take take that thing to the shop. <laughs> All right, NL. Kev, who you got there? I'm gonna take India. I mean, uh, I've watched some of the baseball but it was what i play as the video game just guys mint this guys good so i'm just going off a of video game stature i like india hmm. playing some mlb this show i do bro <laughs> 2021 oh wow big money <laughs> shit maybe you should play with fucking wander maybe <laughs> or a rosarina <laughs> what do you guys got pete jess i'm gonna go trevor rogers why do you like rogers uh I went with the pitcher. What the fuck? I don't know. He had a hell of a year. He, he had a really, really good year. I, I think I gotta go with India at Jonathan India though. But he he came out of nowhere and he competed. Now he was in a lineup with a lot of decent players and he benefited from that for sure. But he was quite the shock and I think he deserves it. I'm gonna go with Carlson here. I think he's been a been solid all year uh, and i've liked what i've seen and that's my guess that's what it is boys it's <laughs> really just a guess at this point it's not like we have any uh any voting power maybe one day maybe <laughs> one day we'll get our media passes and, <laughs> and get some voting power but we dream big uh, yeah we're only in episode 42 not 420 so <laughs> nice all right a couple more manager of the year AL, you got Kevin Cash out of Tampa, Dusty Baker out of Houston, and you got Scott Surveys out of Seattle. Thoughts on those ones? Since I've got mine down there first, boys, I'm just going to go with Baker. I mean, the guy's the guy can coach. I mean, he's done well everywhere he's went, just hasn't won one. That's all. I mean, as a coach, yeah. yeah. Like I like Kevin Cash, but he, he's with Tampa, so no, I'm going. With, <laughs> I'm going with Dusty. <laughs> Deep. I think I'm going to go Dusty as well. Oh. Best offense in the show this year, I think. Strong team they played there. I'm going Dusty. Oh, I'm going to go with Seattle and Scott, Scott Survey because they were supposed to be fucking hot garbage, and they were not. They d- didn't make the playoffs, but they definitely impressed and over-exceeded what they uh, were supposed to. So, Yeah, and if the award should mean anything, it should, it should be that. Right, so, exactly. It's usually what Coach of the Year goes for, for sure. Mm-hmm. So next up, the NL, you had Mike Schilt out of St. Louis, Gabe Kapler out of San Fran, and Greg Council from Milwaukee. I'll go first again, boys. I'm going to take that Gabe Kapler. That's not a bad pick, man. They had the best season of the year, the, the Giants did. I thought about it when yeah. I was originally going through, and he was my first guy right off the hop. But I'm actually going to change it. And I'm going to go with Schilt and only based on the improvement of the team. 
because they were hot garbage and then they were pretty fucking good winning a lot of games at the end to make it to the playoffs make it to that wild card sure they got bounced by uh the dodgers in the first wild card game there but that's that's gonna be my guess i i think schultz is gonna end up with it he's not even on the team anymore is he no that's the funny thing is he got fucking canned <laughs> because they were doing so shitty but it's his team so <laughs> that'd be that'd be fun i'm, I'm surprised uh brent uh, Snicker isn't there. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. It, it's very. But it's only meant for regular season, right? right? When you, yeah. So, I was gonna go with the Brew Crew, but as you guys were talking, I changed my mind to uh, San Fran, Gabe Kapler, because yeah, they didn't have high expectations at the beginning of the season, and they fucking had a great year. So, definitely did. I think that might be the guy. I'm I've been toting San Fran all year, so I'm definitely going with them. And through the playoffs, I I thought they were going to win it, but I would definitely go with Gabe Kapler here at this point. Wow, guess three of us have done it twice. Yeah, you guys like the same coaches. Holy fuck! All right, and the big one. Uh, we've been talking about this all fucking year. Yeah, the MVP. I've, I've been flip-flopping on this, man, because I've done, like, Otani. I've done Vladdy. I mean, I'd love to see Vladdy win it, but I don't know, man. I mean, if I can put, like, a cursor between the both of them with an arrow and just, you know, good luck to the both of you. But I, this one's tough, boys. I mean, I kind of like what Pedro put down there all day with the yeah. Otani showtime. But I haven't flip-flopped on this at all. It's been Otani since about the middle of the season. Otani all day. It's Otani. Because it's going to be very hard for Vladdy to get there again. I mean, I'm not saying he won't, but I'm just stating that, you know, this is kind of his uh, first year. So I'm going to again go with my ESPN, and I'm going to go Vlad. This is his first year of breaking out, but yeah. I think Otani's going to get it, and I think it's going to fuel him to try and go after it next year. Are you adding more? Are you adding more fucking finalists here, Yosh? Yeah, because the, for, I only had the AL there. Oh, let's go, Yosh. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, okay, so AL for me, I'm I would love to take Vladdy. I really would. I just think that the Otani show was a show that needs to be recognized. And I mean, it like it has been recognized, but well, yeah, but the, he needs to have hardware. Like you know, Vladdy won the the Hank Aaron Award, which is the best offensive player. So if Otani didn't have this pitching aspect to him, then it's Vladdy all day. Yep. But because of this pitching, it's it's unfortunate for Vlad, but it's got to be showing. And hopefully, hopefully when it comes around to next year and these guys basically do the same fucking thing, hopefully everybody won't be so surprised that Otani's doing it and Vlad will get one. We shall see. So Kev's got Vladdy, Pete and I got Shohei. Who you got, Jess? No, I take it, Marcus. Sorry, no, I said I said uh, Otani. <laughs> Oh, did you? Yeah, I said he's. I said he's gonna win it, and then it's gonna p- provide fuel for Vlad to get it next year. Yeah, hopefully, it won't be funny if we're all wrong and Marcus wins. <laughs> <laughs> not I mean, likely. it's ridiculous. Like we have so many awards here for Toronto, and we're not even including the Cy Young, which Robbie Ray will pro- might get for the yeah. AL, and we couldn't even get a fucking playoff spot. Yeah, yep. I'm yeah, sure. Like it just. I think. I, I think. I, goes on the coach I'm, i've never been a big fan of Ch- Ch- charlie montoya but this team did not do anything <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much <laughs> for sure all right so nl bryce harper 
Fernando Tatis Jr. or Juan Soto? Well, I don't remember when, but we went over what our predictions were for the MVP once upon a time during the season. And I went with Bam Bam then. I'm going with Bam Bam now. Bryce Harper, baby. Maybe it was after the season. Whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> I mean, it's a tough one to argue just based on the best offensive NL player. He won the Hank Aaron Award. So uh, that is tough to to argue. Jesse, you've got Tatis here. I'm going to agree with you. He, he missed a good hunk of games at the beginning. He wasn't like from what it sounded like he wasn't even supposed to like come back, man. Yeah, this guy, I mean, what that, he did was amazing. That that swing that he like did the injury to his shoulder, the slight little injury. I thought like, for sure he was out done. Yeah, yeah, for sure I did too. So like he still's got a lot of growing up to do, obviously, since we saw him have a little tiff with the ump in late late in the season. But he's still a superstar player, and I think he deserves it. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And Kev. You're the lone wolf here. Yep. Just another gut instinct, you know. Just saw the name on it. Yep. So who is it? Soto. Oh, okay. Sorry, I can see it. Oh, but so the yeah, people at yeah. home Sorry, guys. Listening, they can't. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I took Soto as uh, <laughs> as the uh, MVP finalist for the NL. Well, there you go. That's all there is to write home about about the MLB this week, boys. Uh, next week, we might have a few more uh, awards given out. But, uh, it's going to be slow in the uh, in the baseball segment for the next month or so until we start talking about uh, spring uh, training. Wait till some contracts start getting signed. There'll be lots yeah. to talk oh, yeah. about. Don't you worry. Well, and and the, the collective bargaining agreement uh, expires very soon. I believe it's December first. And there's talk about some of these big name free agents: Semyon, Correa, Corey Seager, uh, all signing prior to the, the to the CBA. But who knows? Well, we will see. And they're, they're saying that, uh, you know, if these guys do sign prior to the CBA, then that is basically going to set the market uh, and could influence the CBA as well. So who knows uh, what we'll see there. But uh, I've heard that some of these big name guys themselves and teams would like to get them signed up before, uh, before December 1st. So we shall see how that uh, plays out. Another thing I want to know how it plays out is some women's hockey. What do you got, Kev? So what I got going on here with the uh, Premier Hockey Federation, which is AKA the National Women's Hockey League and WHL, three games were played on November 6th. We had Connecticut Whale versus uh, Metropolitan Riveters. Riveters go on to win four to one. Minnesota Whitecaps faced Boston Pride, which I think is probably the best name there. Boston goes on to win six to four. No way, the Buffalo Buttes is definitely the best name. There's no argument. No, the Buttes. Well, they took on, uh, well, sorry, Toronto six took on the Buffalo Buttes and beat them four to three. Uh, we had two games on the 7th of November, Minnesota Whitecaps again versus the Boston Pride. Pride goes on to win one to zero. Connecticut Whale versus um, Metropolitan Riveters. Uh, River, uh, Connecticut goes on to win six to five. And we have a game uh, that happened on Saturday. Boston Pride versus Connecticut Whale. Uh, Boston goes on to win again, four to three. And these two teams are facing again today. What happened this week, though, Kev? <laughs> what happened? That's just, that was this week. No, man. That's not what you wrote. It says November 6th and November 7th. Yeah, but it, it, one more. I had one of the games on the Saturday the 13th. Today's Which, the 14th. Yeah, that 14th game is just still being played. Let's see who won then. 
Hang on. Schedule. I'm just confused if you're giving us last week's info or this week's info. No, that's all. This week's. So you just typed it out wrong. That's all. Maybe. So it's not November 6th and 7th. It was. No, we have November 6th, Saturday, November 6th. There's three games. Right. Yeah. But we're, but yesterday was the 13th, bud. Yes. I understand that. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so Saturday, the 13th, Boston Pride faced the Connecticut Whale and Boston won 4 3. And then we had that same game of Boston Pride today, Sunday the 14th. And I have a final here in Connecticut, beat Boston 3-1. to one. So Going to our CFL, as we all know, the crappy football league, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders clinched the second uh, place in the CFL's West Division with a 29-24 to 24 victory over the Edmonton Elks on Saturday. Now, I've always said that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers would not lose another game. I was kind of hoping that that would be the case. With the starting of the backup quarterback, Sean McGuire, he started on uh, Saturday against Montreal. Saturday this week or last week? <laughs> this week. Okay. I, I right. just checked and Kevin's right. There was only two games this weekend for uh, for the women's hockey. So he was right. He's right. I'm wrong. It just seems odd. Again, man, but. six teams. There's only six teams in this league. It's I know, but it's weird on a Saturday night that there's only one fucking game and only two two teams twice played this whole weekend. There was no other. The other four teams didn't play. So that's just weird. Even though there is only six teams, it's just odd. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the six, sh- they should have been on last week's show. I think it might have been. <laughs> I suppose it's their only game that they had. So, I'm like, yeah, I'm assuming they would have. Or that could have been preseason. Who knows? I think it was more like on preseasons because I was, like, looking into that, and it just didn't make sense to me. Uh... It is what it is. Coming up next on Points of Battle is last week's stuff. <laughs> I'm just trying to catch myself up. How's that, guys? <laughs> so again we had to, with regards to the uh Winnipeg Blue Winnipeg Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Holy fuck, how many seven percenters did you have? Uh, I'm already going, I've already done those, man. I'm already into my extras. <laughs> but they started their backup quarterback again, uh Sean McGuire. Um now he's this guy's only actually played 12 games. Um McGuire has only thrown 55 yards in two completions in seven attempts. He sucks. So this this is where I was getting kind of squ- uh, scared in regards to my prediction of that they'll never lose. Because if you look at the Zach Kolaros's uh, information or uh, stats here, out of the same kind of games, 12 games, but he is your starter. He's thrown for 3,112 yards with 20 touchdowns and six, or sorry, and six interceptions in 12 games this season. So I understand they've clinched, you know, let's get your backups and, reps and what have you but they ended up going to lose that game pissed me off so your hot take was terrible it's terrible so they're Mm -hmm. 11 and 2 the uh, Winnipeg Blue Blue Bombers so let's go into that right now so as we go into the east we have Toronto still up top Hamilton still in second Montreal is uh, in third and we're showing that uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks are shite so apparently on Friday night, there was a really big game between Toronto and Hamilton. That's right. Yeah. Because me and a buddy from Calgary, 
went to a bar nearby my place to watch the Flames Leafs game. And I lived down near Exhibition Place. And the place was fucking packed. We, it was like fucking standing room only. We were able to just scrunch a place at the bar. And then in 20 minutes, it was fucking almost empty. Because everybody was going to the game. Oh, nice. <laughs> Who knew that there was that many Argo fans? Not me. There were some Ticats fans, too. They were chirping each other. It was a good time. I would think there'd be more Ticats fans because that's well, the only not, team, right? Not, not in Toronto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right next to Exhibition. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a womp in 31-12 to 12 that game was. And uh, the other ones were Calgary, BPC, 33-23. to 23. Uh, Winnipeg lost to Montreal out of all the teams, 28 to 14. And the uh, Saskatchewan uh, beat the Edmonton Elks, 29 to 24. So how many more games until games that we should actually care about, even though we don't care about? Uh, there's one more week. Playoffs. There's week 16, and then we have the division finals and then division, okay. division championships. So one more week. One more week of regular season. Yeah. <laughs> now going into... Uh, our World Cup qualifying, Jonathan David. Yeah. He, de- he delivered once again with a timely goal that would uh, stand as the winner against Costa Rica in a one nil draw. What do you mean delivered once again? Because he's done it before. That's what I mean, once again. Against yeah. Costa Rica? When? Well, the last time I guess they played once again. Uh, last time who played? Canada? Canada. A challenge. Jonathan Osario scored the goal in the last Canada game. Well, I think the last Canada ge- game for the qualifiers for the men's it was against was Mexico. Like... This one here was against Costa Rica. Right. As they were playing, yeah. I'm confused. I thought it was, I thought it was Panama the last game that they played. I do know that they played this game in um... – yeah, it was Panama that was the last game that they played uh, they in played, the qualifiers. Uh, they played this game in Edmonton. So, okay, so did did Jonathan David score in the Panama game? Yeah, but he didn't get the game winner. Oh, okay. Oh. He got he, he scored in the 78th minute, but Jonathan, Jonathan Osorio never scored at all in that game. No, no, no. I get my, the match my yeah. yeah, you'll yeah. get it. Yep. Yep, wrong game. If the Panama game didn't happen, I was right, but... <laughs> <laughs> Now, I do believe they are going to be taking on Mexico next. Uh, the men's national team sits on the, the verge of qualifying for the FIBA World Cup. So I believe they are now sitting in third. Yep. They're only a point behind both Mexico and the U.S. And, yeah, Mexico's next up. Now, I don't know if the weather's going to uh, put a damper on the, the Mexicans um, coming into this game as well, since they are playing here in Canada, A, eh? And it's uh, pretty snowy out. I heard it was supposed to be, and this was last week, but I heard it was, I think the game is tomorrow. No, Tuesday, Tuesday. I think, uh, I think I heard there was supposed to be a high of minus four. Wow. <laughs> That's insane for a soccer game. Yeah. Where, where is it? Is it in it's an Edmonton. Edmonton? It's in Edmonton. Yeah. See, normally I would say that the weather won't mean shit, but at that temperature, oh yeah. 
that's definitely going to play. It's going to play a part against the Canadians both, too. They're not both, fucking sure. going to. They're not used to playing in minus. What did you say? Minus four. <laughs> a high of minus yeah, four. So, it's at night. So like it's that's fucking... not soccer weather. Like holy fuck. And no, the light. Yeah. The lights nowadays are LEDs, so it's not like they even generate them. <laughs> <general power. laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to be funny on the pitch. There, it's going to be rock hard. Yeah, and yeah. you're going to be oh, slipping yeah. and sliding all over the place. They discussed that too because I think this. Um, it is turf that uh, this field is, and they're, they're concerned about the uh, rubber pellets, you know, not being able to do their job. So it's, it's going to be pretty slick. Uh, going into our uh, MMA UFC, Holloway's um, legend continues Saturday with an anonymous decision over Rodriguez in the main event of UFC uh, fight night in Las Vegas. Holloway now calls out Conor McGregor, which is I think is pretty stupid. This is something you don't want to do to a guy that already has anger issues. Um, so I don't know if this is going to actually happen that fight, but he did call him out. He says, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So, and Connor has actually held two belts in two different weight classes. So I would put him in as basically one of the best. Kev, did you see the guy? I'm pretty sure it was this weekend. Uh, fuck. I can't remember his name now. He fucking won with a flying knee, knocked the guy out with a flying knee. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. He was like, Buddy hit him, and he was like, oh, I see how it is. I see. Yeah. I see. And yeah. then he comes out with this flying knee. Buddy's knocked the fuck out. Like, yeah, he's a kickboxer. That guy's a kickboxer. So he's, you know, hasn't really fared with the um, MMA or UFC, but the kickboxing has definitely uh, definitely helped him. But, yeah, I, I saw that, man. It's just night-night. I mean, this guy was just done. Yeah, man. He was definitely done. Now, this is very different from the previously talked about flying V. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, this is a flying, a flying knee. knee. It's a flying knee. Yeah. yeah. He just timed yeah. it perfectly, man. I mean, the guy just was just yeah. dummied. That must have just been like a fight night or just a. Yeah, it's a not one of the, Mar- the. Yeah, it's not like a UFC 65 or whatever that's coming up or yeah. whatever that number may be. But yeah, that's uh, not calling out uh, Conor McGregor is a smart thing to do. Because uh, if you look at some kind of a video of it, you see McGregor just sitting there pacing back and forth at his uh, television, watching this fight. Like he's all, you know, walking as Conor McGregor walks. And if you're calling out the beast, you're going to get the beast. I saw that too. And I started laughing because I'm like, yeah. you're an idiot. Like <laughs> you're obviously posting this just so to get a rise out of your fans or whatever. Like That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He put the camera, he put his, t- his phone off in the distance while sitting there while he was pacing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was for sure. Like he might have been, he might have been fired up, but it was for sure. Part of his brand. Done. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Part of his brand. hundred percent. It's not like it was a random person videoing him as he was getting fired up, and it was like, look what he's doing. Like <laughs> he was doing it to show people. Like so. Well, I don't like again. I hope that for this fight does happen because Connor will just make this guy look stupid. I hope not, man. I fucking hate Connor. It's a fucking. Brand. I mean, he hasn't really done anything lately. No, no. I he's... think he beats him. If, it, if this happens, Connor will destroy this guy. How's it? Connor lost his last like two or three fights. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah, the last one was the best one where you saw his ankle, right, guys? I showed yeah. you a great picture of that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, again, I think Connor will destroy him. Minus one for Kev. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm, I'm not even. destroying anybody. I, I think fair. I'm even That's today. Fair. 
And that that's that that's good. So you're even today so far. So far. So far. <laughs> so far. We're not fucking done here, boys. <laughs> so we're gonna get into our penalty boxes. Uh I'm gonna put uh the refs once again. I love putting these fuckers in there. Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so I am putting the uh Oh you don't like it. <laughs> what I'm putting in my box, boys, the ref who uh called Scully Scotty Barnes. On a traveling call. Did you see this? Anyone? I mean, I did, yeah. Josh might have. No, I didn't see it. So when Barnes got char- um, charged for the um, traveling, Barnes, Barnes actually pointed at his left foot to their ref, which was his pivot foot. Now, he didn't lift it, didn't change. It just stayed on there. And um, the ref didn't like what uh, Barnes basically said or did and also teed him up. Um, I would honestly would like to know who the ref actually was. I didn't actually look into it for his name or age, because if the game is going too fast for this sir or miss, it's time to retire or get better glasses if you wear any, because he did not travel. And if you did put a glasses form shape on his head, which something like this is what I saw. If you took that to heart and says you need glasses, if you're wearing them, is that why you teed them up? In my mind, the refs, game's going too fast. If you can't keep up, time to leave. I mean, at that point, I, I really don't think the, the game was going too fast. I mean, he's standing in one spot pivoting on a foot. But I agree with you, Kev. He didn't pick his foot up. I was watching the game, and I lost my shit when they called the fucking travel because there was no travel there. And it was at a pivotal point in the game as well. It was against, uh, it was against Detroit, right? Yep. So, and they they led pretty much that entire game until halfway through the fourth quarter, and this was a this was a, in my opinion, was a big part of that. They they obviously they didn't lose just because of this call, but you know you could see that after this their their morale had started to go down a little bit more because they had missed a few shots and they couldn't you know they weren't getting anything and and Detroit was hitting all kinds of shots and. Definitely wasn't a good thing. And I, I agree, Kev. He he did not travel. And who knows why the fuck he got teed up. Like he he bitched about it. Like, what the fuck are you talking about type thing? But obviously we we don't actually know what he no, said. No, what he said, yeah. And what he actually said is what probably got him the T, but uh, I mean, it is what it is. You gotta live and learn. And I guess Scotty's gotta push that foot down harder onto the fucking hard court. <laughs> like yeah, but no, he, I, I just don't get it. Even if he went to his heel instead of the pivot of his foot, it's still he did, fucking he did. Yeah, he did rock a couple times, but his foot was always down. So, yeah, I'm not, like you said, I'm not sure what the uh, the ref was looking at, but it wasn't a great call. And just one more thing, fucking one more knock against the refs. Yeah, uh, no, I'd like to uh, just ask. I mean, all refs, do we all consider them zebras or is that just hockey? Just hockey, man. Okay. Because they're... The zebras, they're the only ones that wear striped shirts. I guess right. in football they do, but they never really call them zebras. Yeah, they football. do. They do. Uh, but like basketball, they wear gray. Yeah. And and in uh, baseball, they wear like they're light, called blue. Blue or black. Blue, light yeah, blue. They call them blues in baseball. Yeah, yeah blue. Yeah. Back home. Yeah, I, I guess football would, but I've never really heard football players calling the refs zebras. Hmm. I, I, I've heard it a few times, but it's it's not that different. But 
the refs hurting the Raptors, that's nothing new. Like, no, that comes with being a Raptor, more or less. Him, him freaking out and having piss, pissing them off, he'll learn from that. Yeah, and for sure. First year player frustrated, they're down. You know, he's trying to win, help win the game. He gets called for a phantom call. And for sure, I understand where he's frustrated. And like I said, just he'll calm down. He'll learn that you can't, uh, Chirpo. you can chirp, you can chirp, but there's certain things you can say and certain things you can't. Like I think there's will, certain, certain ones though, you can get away with some shit. You just gotta know guys. which ones to do. Yeah. Well, the older guys, for sure, you can chirp the hell out of because they've been chirped out for 30 years of their NBA careers, co- uh, refing, right? So, and they can take it. They've been taking it from Shaq and from MJ, the, <laughs> MJ, the real yeah, old guys, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, where, Berkeley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where you get some of the younger guys who are like, shut up, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, Don't hurt my feelings, Drizzy. You know, yeah. that type of thing. So, But I agree, Kev. There was no travel there. Uh, who knows on the T, we will never really know that. But unless we, maybe maybe on Open Gym, you might with the, the Raptors TV show there where they, that you can hear what they're actually saying and stuff like that, but maybe Dwayne off. Casey paid paid the refs off there. I point. mean, you never know. You never yeah. know. I mean, it is the shitty Detroit Pistons, and they did fucking win. So, uh, yeah. So that's who again. Who guys? I hate to keep on putting these refs, umps, zebras, whatever you want to call them, in my penalty box, but they are there. Somebody's got to do it, Kev. Somebody's got to do it. I think they'll always be there in my mind. But going on. Uh, Pedro, who do you have in your box, sir? So I don't have the refs in my box, but I'm going to talk about them. Huh. Um, That's what we do here on Voice and Penalties and Refs. Well deserved. Uh, in my box is John Tortorella. Uh, so, how many times has he been here? On the box? Oh, a couple in, times in, for sure. In one of our boxes, I feel like it's been a few yeah, times. Yeah. Like he's he probably in there more times than anybody other than the refs. <laughs> <laughs> we should keep track of this kind of thing. Maybe, maybe next season. Yeah. Um, Actually, so LeBron, not... LeBron might be up there too. Oh, LeBron! <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. One, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. So, what about he's... Torts? Yeah, so he told Connor McDavid to shut up. Huh. Uh, and from what I saw, McDavid wasn't even really talking, but his coach and and the fans were complaining about a blatant non-tripping call uh, that happened at a big point in the game. So um, the one where he was going behind the net, McDavid? No, that was a different one, I think. Oh, okay. But it happens a lot, which is yeah, kind of the yeah, point. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so Tortorella said that he needs to change his game to win in the playoffs. And he's quoted saying, you're, just, you're not just going to fill a net in, during the playoffs. And it's clear now and, and in the playoffs last year that McDavid clearly does not get nearly enough penalties called against him when there are infractions happening against him. Um, and I think it's time for the NHL to start calling the penalties – that are had for the infractions as they're happening. Um, there's for whatever reason, especially with McDavid and especially in the playoffs, probably because he's not human and he's just on a whole nother level, but they seem to put the whistles away for him and just let him get tripped and slashed and hooked and whatever. 
Uh, and it happens all the time. You can make a highlight reel of him getting tripped and slashed and just no penalties called. Uh, and it's affecting play. But for whatever reason, because McDavid, it just doesn't get called. And for Tortorella to say that the if he's not already, he will be the face of the league, the best player in the league, an offensive dynamo like Connor McDavid, that he needs to change his game to be able to win this sport when it counts the most. That's just something broken with the game. Like you I should think, not be I think Tortorella should shut the fuck up. You're not even in the league anymore, you dick. And maybe keep, keep keep your words to yourself, bro. I mean, I mean, my mind. maybe there's a reason why he's not in the league right now. Yeah, like he's he, there's a track record of him and skilled players, and skilled players not playing well under him. Patrick Line, a um, uh, what's his name that was traded for Patrick Line? His name escapes me. Uh, no, Pierre Luc Dubois. Oh, that's who it was. Yeah, sorry, that was Cam Atkinson. Um. Dubois did better as soon as he was out from under the the shroud of Tortorella. He just has a uh, a tendency of taking the skill out of skilled players and just making them play a you could call it more defensive, but it's not even more defensive. It's just less offensive game. Didn't he do or, that with uh, Steve or Rick Nash sort of, when they were in New York? Same uh, thing, right? Probably. Yeah. That's kind of his mo. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Torch is in my box for saying stupid shit, but I think, uh, the underlying context here, the NHL needs to change to suit Connor McDavid and not the other way around, I think, because he's playing the game the right way and he's dynamic and he's what people come to want to watch a player like that goalie scored against four New York Rangers. That's what people want to see. But instead you get. He gets tripped, he gets hooked, whatever, and it doesn't get called. And you're stifling the game, and it's hurting your growth. And that's why you're the fourth out of the big four sports leagues, in my opinion. North America, anyway. But that's it. That's all I got for my box. So, Josh, who's in yours? So, I got Nikola Jokic in my box. So, Denver Nuggets star Jokic. Uh, has he's already served a one-game suspension from the NBA after the league MVP was ejected Monday last Monday night with two minutes and 39 seconds left in the fourth quarter against the Miami Heat for aggressively blindsiding power forward Markeith Morris from behind in retaliation to a hard foul. So Jokic had rebounded the ball, brought it down court. When he passed the ball near midcourt, Morris trying to stop play, gave a hard foul with his left elbow to Jokic. Jokic's exposed right side as the center was delivering an overhead pass. As Morris walked away, an irate Jokic took a couple of steps and delivered a hard right forearm shove with his weight behind him uh, right to Morris's back, sending the heat forward flying hard to the floor. Now, Morris uh, was down for a bit and he did end up uh, going off the court under his own power, but he was hurt for a bit. Uh, Morris was assessed a flagger foul too, and Jokic was ejected before the Nuggets took a 113-96 win over the Miami Heat. Now, Morris ended up being fined 50K for this uh, as he was the initial um, 
bad man <laughs> he started it he started it god damn it and Jokic, he just went and he finished it he finished it uh, yeah. he finished it so you know it's understandable that Jokic was pissed off at this hard foul but like morris is just playing the game he's just he's fouling so that he doesn't uh, he doesn't score or score easily and for to me Jokic, you're the reigning mvp you're a great ball player you need to be better than retaliating off of this chumps you know his elbow like just calm down play the I, game I, I want to challenge in regards to this it wasn't his elbow it was his shoulder he didn't forearm him, shiver him. He he went shoulder straight into his back. I don't want to challenge that. I don't know if you guys can look up that video. I was staring at it for at least a good fucking three or four minutes today. It's not a forearm. It is by far a definitely shoulder to the middle of the back. That's what I remember from seeing it as well. All right. Well, that's was straight <laughs> straight from an article. But uh, anyway, that's fine. Somebody can look it up. Anyway. Like I said, to me, Jokic has got to be better than this and cannot retaliate. Just take the foul, take your two shots, and put the points on the board to win the game. That's the most important. Like I said, that's the most important thing is winning the game and not getting back at Morris. As a retaliation. I, I get that. I mean, I, I freaked. I saw when I saw that, I'm going, why? Like, I mean, why would you do something silly as that? I mean, the, the guy didn't even see you coming, one. Right. And, and, and he did take a hard shot from a shiver. Like he took a forearm shiver to his like sternum. So I can get where he was pissed. But like you said, Josh, you're an MVP of the league. I mean, you got to take a breath. Yeah. And even afterwards, Jokic said that it was a stupid play. Uh, multiple other people had said that, you know, it's a dangerous play. And it was, like you said, Kev, it was right from behind. And so for me, Jokic has got to be better here. They, I mean, they got the W. I mean, one thing, if they were down, the, if it was the other way around, you know, you were down 113-96 and and Morris uh, did this to you, then whatever. You're not going to win the game at that point, so maybe you beat the shit out of them or whatever. But um, but I think Jokic has got to be better than this. So because of that, Jokic is in my box because he's got to be better. What I saw was – it was a pretty dirty play, I thought, on Morris. But I agree with totally with you, Jokic – shouldn't have fucking even retaliated at all, especially at the end of the game. But it was, it was, it was pretty dirty and 50, 50 K towards Morris makes sense to me. And I get, but again, emotions happen and it sucks too, because it was at the end of the game. So mm-hmm. now you miss a full game because of that. That's, that's how some players play and they play with their emotions on their sleeve. And, but as a rainy MVP, you've got to have more composure for your team. Did you see the video yet, uh, Jesse? Yeah, I would. I would have to say it's from like shoulder to elbow. Not, I didn't really see a forearm. Great. So I lose a point because ESPN uh, isn't sure what the fuck they're talking about. I guess Pedro's putting it up there, and it does show a shoulder. There, uh, Pedro. What do you think? Is that a shoulder or is that a forearm? I mean, the arm is there. Clearly, the damage is done with the shoulder. It's, it's like, on YouTube. Looks, I mean, looks like a shoulder to me. That's what does the damage. ESPN fucked you, Josh. Okay, whatever. It is what it is, man. Anyway, yeah, so that's why Jokic is in my box. You can't retaliate like that. You can retaliate, just not like All right, so I got Robert Hunt in my box. 
And he is a player that plays for Miami and played on the Thursday nighter. Now on a third and goal from the six yard line with 13, 11 left in a six, three boring ass football game between the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Tua Tungavailoa tried to throw a screen pass to his running back, Mile Gaskin. Now instead, Robert Hunt, who plays with Miami, decided to grab this ball out of the air, and he made a cut into open space and barreled toward the end zone, bearing down on the goal line with two Ravens, converged on him, and he went flying over top, and he ended up getting the touchdown. He pulled his arm out, and he, uh, he clearly crossed the line in the, the the replay video, and it was a great play. The problem being, he's on the offensive line. He plays right guard. So he ends up being an ineligible receiver on the play, and it ends up being a penalty, which they have to repeat the down with the penalty yards. <laughs> now, if you see this, if if you see this play in real time, it is like he is the receiver, like he's the running back. He's trying to catch this ball, he's trying to run it in. Now he's in his second season playing right guard. He knows he's not allowed to catch the ball. <laughs> when you're beside the center, you're not allowed to, to catch the ball. <laughs> I have even, two questions. Yeah. You can finish, but I, I have two questions. At the end or now? Sure, I'll do it now. Okay. One, I, I didn't see the actual pass. I just saw him pretending to be John Elway and getting over the <laughs> end zone, which is beautiful. It was. Uh, it was a very good sight to see. How close to a lateral pass was it? Because if oh. I think he's allowed to catch a lateral. It wasn't. A, it wasn't. It was definitely forward. No, there was, it was, it was, a, there was, no it was a screen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If he's if it's a lateral pass for sure, but yeah, no. Like I was, was thinking, maybe he was confused, thought it might have been a lateral. No, the okay. thing was was I can't remember who the player was. Oh, Clayus Campbell was blowing up the play pretty much, but instead of blocking Campbell, he decided to be stand in the way of Gaskin and and uh, catch the ball. And I think if he blocked Campbell. He may have had a chance of catching this ball, uh, Gaskin, the running back, who was a legible receiver. Okay. So, Question number two. Okay. What's the over-under on we see this guy as a fullback next season? Because <laughs> <laughs> he looked well, pretty good. Well, the thing was, saw. he did play. He said, I don't know when. I mean, he was high school or something like that, but he did say he played a bit of tight end and receiver before. There you go. But. He, he just just I got a quote here saying that he was just trying to to win at this point and even though it didn't count it didn't click in my head that I didn't it didn't count I just was trying to score <laughs> now when he did go and technically he did score the touchdown but it was a flag he landed like straight on his head like he's a big boy and it looked like all that weight was just on his neck like <laughs> it was a it looked like it hurt, but he he rebounded no problem there, and <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. But really, man, like it, I don't know what he was thinking, because like sometimes around the goal line they have like 
O-lines that technically are eligible receivers as like a tight end or something like that, but they're, they play O-line and it's more of a fake to get them, but this guy plays right beside the center. There's no re- reason that this guy should be catching this ball. Did you guys see what the Dolphins did the next day? No. So they blew up the still photo of him like reaching out over the uh, up base. He's upside down. He's reaching out for the goal line. And so they took that still picture and they put it on one of their elevators. So as the doors close, open and close, you see him (laughs) reaching out. It was pretty funny. So, so what his arms and the uh, on the one side of the the door and then pretty the... much yeah like he's completely <laughs> upside down and he's reaching out and I don't think you can actually see the goal line in the photo that they use for you know the elevator uh, the wrap if you will yeah. on the on the elevator door but uh, it was pretty funny. No, couldn't yeah. he be an eligible receiver or is that only just the tight ends? Or... He has to report. Yeah, no, he, he re- can't be because he's no. on the inside. No, he has, yeah, he has to be on the outside of the tackle. He has to be on the outside of the tackle. Gotcha. Which, okay. Which, like I said, he was right beside the center. So, so I don't know. No I guess he'll I, ever be eligible. Unless they move him out there, which they might now at this point because he's got some skills. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think he'll be a fullback. I think he'll like line up like as the, like the swing swing tackle and maybe a little they'll try and get him a a TD next next week or the you following sometime a couple in this of week. weeks. Yeah, for sure. you wouldn't run him like the fridge and just fucking hand him the ball and let him rumble. Maybe a super short yardage. <laughs> Anyways, that's why he's in my box, Robert Hunt. Well, I guess that's it for our penalty boxes. Uh, why don't we go through the scores? Yeah, so uh, three challenges today. First is, uh, has Kyle Beach played any NHL games? And really, was he a part of that Stanley Cup team? Which he was not. So that's plus one for Peter, minus one for Kev. Uh, second is Jonathan David scores again. So did Jonathan David um, score, I guess, in the last game that they played before this one? Which sounds like he did. So that's a plus one for Kevin and a minus one for Josh. And then the uh, Nikolai Jokic um, versus Marquise Morris incident. Was it a shoulder or a forearm? I agree, it's more of a shoulder. And the forearm was just sort of there. And even though ESPN, ESPN, even though ESPN wrote it. <laughs> Sorry, Yosh. But it is, man. I mean, if you want to get into technicalities, I probably shouldn't have got a minus for the World Cup because he, Jonathan David, didn't score the last winning goal, but I'm fine with my minus. So it is what it is, man. It is I love it you, is. bro. I love you. Oh, I didn't say you didn't, man. I didn't say you didn't. I'm just yeah. happy to be on top of once I actually don't have a fucking minus at the end of this motherfucker. That's what I I'm think saying. that's two weeks in a row he's, he's ended up with a plot plus. Yeah. We're now last up. week. That's because he picked the, the Giants in his, or he won the bracket. He was actually a minus in challenges on the episode. <laughs> but he finished the, the day. But off. he finished plus. <laughs> so there you go. So that brings our season totals uh, to Peter is a plus eight. Kevin moves up to minus 16. a boy. Jesse's stagnant at my plus 16. And Josh, bitch, you won't challenge anymore. I know I should have. 
done today, but there's several that, of them you should have done today. Uh, just just really the first round picks that I can think of, or the not the first round picks, the amount of the, picks for yeah, the NBA. For the NBA. Yeah. I wasn't totally sure on that though. Yeah, me neither. And uh, Josh drops down to a minus thirteen. So that brings us into how our drinks were. So why don't we start with Jesse? How was your drink? Well, my seven percent Halza Halza strong beer. The IPA was pretty good from Omnipolo. It was uh, it was really good actually. I'll probably get this again for sure. And this is a second one from Omnipolo that has been pretty tight for me. Peter, how was yours? Yeah, my uh, Brock Street Brewing Company Scotch Ale. What I thought was a fucking decently strong beer. It even says strong beer right on the can, 10%. <laughs> but turns out to be the bitch beer, or one of them anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was pretty smooth. Like I said, the taste was uh, took me back a little bit, but came around after a few big sips. It was. I bought one today that said it was a rye ale because it was done. So like, I'm gonna try that one. But it, it says sounds a lot like yours, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Josh, you look all fucking depressed after those scores. I'm giving. I'm just read. <laughs> I'm just reading my beer. <laughs> how uh, how was it? Yeah, mine was good. Flying Monkey Craft Brewery, Cycle Thrill Seekers Double IPA. At least I won something today that was the alcohol content, 8%. And uh, I like this one right off the hop. It was good, tasty. And uh, as I was looking on here, there's a it's called Pete's Beer Emporium right on the can here, Pete. So, Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, you got a little they beer. should be paying me royalties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, nice and tasty. I uh, enjoyed it. Uh, like I said before, I've had this and uh, I liked it then. I like it again and I'll like it the next time I have it. This is a tasty one. So uh, thanks, Mr. Beer Mile, for uh, for getting me on back on to Flying Monkeys. And I, I like these uh, these Flying Monkeys. They're always good. Who we got left? We got uh, just Kev, right? How was your yeah. beer, Kev? Well, I'll take the... Uh, Wrong! The minus one! <laughs> I'll take that's the third fair. line fair. in regards to our uh, 7%. I have a uh, New, um, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. It's an IPA. It's also a strong beer at 7%. It's uh, done by Steam Whistle, which is pretty cool because the second beer I had after these two were done was Steam Whistles. Look at you. Yeah, I know. I didn't. You know, I didn't put two together until I actually read that. But yeah, great <laughs> beer. I like this one. The logo did it for me. As the picture that I sent you guys has that actually mask in the background. Liked it. I'm on this IPA kick. But yeah, enjoyed. Do it again. All right. Well, that's uh, gonna wrap it up then for today. Episode 42 in the books. So for everyone here at Points of Penalties, we'd like to thank you for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay stay out out of the the penalty penalty box. box.